Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you on a Thursday morning. Plenty to get to throughout the course of the show tonight. Well, first off, I want to make sure everybody is uh, doing okay after the uh, really bad weather that we had on Wednesday. I mean, a crazy day with a lot of rain, a lot of wind. Um, at, at one point, my wife and I and, and the baby had to go down the basement to shelter for a little bit uh, as it was like 530 and we're watching the news to, you know, see what's going on with this weather situation. And it was basically like a tornado is coming your way right now. Get to the basement or get to the lowest floor of your house and, you know, shelter there for the time being. And it was the uh, and there were apparently multiple tornadoes uh, going through this area on the day. This was the one that was going through like Montgomery County into Bucks County. It hit. The Willow Grove Horsham area, um, which, uh, you know, hopefully everybody's doing all right there. Uh, it, apparently it, it did some substantial damage, ripping roofs off and things like that. And we're in Glenside, so we were kind of lucky. It, it just missed us, I guess. Um, but uh, certainly a, a scary day with a lot of weather issues. The basement's flooded, so uh, going to have to deal with that. But all things considered, uh Many worse things uh, could happen than, than a little flooding down the basement. And just looking at right now, uh, the, the river outside of our studios, we're right above the Schuylkill River. We have a view uh, from where we do the show. It looks like it's about to like overflow right now. So hopefully uh, everybody's doing all right with the rough weather on Wednesday. But, but certainly, um, you know, a, a, a lot of a lot of things that we're not accustomed to in this area, tornadoes and stuff like that, uh, not things that we're used to dealing with. I did see a couple videos of the tornadoes um, and it looked uh, pretty crazy. So I hope everybody's doing well. If you have anything uh, from the storm that you want to call in and and and, you know, tell a story from throughout the course of the day, if you encountered any of this rough weather, uh, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, on that so uh, hopefully everybody's doing all right after the storm but a lot of sports stuff that we need to get to throughout the course of the show tonight we'll get to the Eagles a little later on as you know three interesting press conferences on Wednesday Jalen Hurts I actually thought Jalen Hurts's uh, media availability was the least interesting of the three but we heard from Gardner Minshew uh, his first introduction to Philadelphia, um, and I thought he was pretty impressive, uh, quite honestly. Uh, and he certainly got a personality, and he's a guy that, that people are, are going to like here. So we'll hear a little from Gardner Minshew a little later on, 
And Zach Ertz finally breaks his silence. Very, you know, odd, I think, throughout the course of training camp that Zach Ertz had not spoken uh, to the media once throughout the course of camp. And I think that was probably for a variety of reasons. Um, I'm sure that the possibility of a trade still existed. Um, and both sides, the Eagles and Zach Ertz, wanted to see how things would 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 play out here. But now that it seems settled and now that it seems pretty obvious that Zach Ertz will be returning to the Eagles, he finally spoke to the media on Wednesday. And we'll give you some of what Zach Ertz had to say uh, a little later on in regards to his future in Philadelphia, his past in Philadelphia, and uh, his kind of tumultuous offseason, where certainly at the end of last year, it was unclear and and seemed at that point unlikely that he would play another game with the Eagles. So we'll get to Zach Ertz later on as well. We'll get to the Phillies later on as they creep to within two games now of the Atlanta Braves. They were rained out on Wednesday night. They'll play the Nats now on Thursday afternoon. But the Los Angeles Dodgers doing the Phils a favor. They come back to beat the Braves late. Uh, and the Phillies now just two games out. And somehow, on September 2nd, the Phillies are very much in the mix in the National League East. So, um, you know, whether you believe or not, I am not a believer in this team. Um, I feel like I've made that mistake too many times. Uh, but I hope I'm wrong. And they certainly when you look at the standings, are in the mix and have a chance here as we look forward to the remainder of the season. But where I got to start tonight is kind of a follow-up, I guess, to what happened on Wednesday. And a lot of the things that we talked about last night on the show involve Ben Simmons. And the report from Keith Pompey, the story that Keith Pompey wrote on Tuesday, detailing Ben Simmons and his desire to leave Philadelphia. And the fact that apparently he is not planning on reporting to training camp, will hold out, will give back money. He's hell-bent on getting out of Philadelphia. I mean, a lot of things in there, the Tyrese Maxey component, which I still find absolutely ridiculous, and I think Tyrese Maxey, um, needs to get a new agent immediately, if that is true. You know, if Rich Paul is using Tyrese Maxey as a pawn, he's not doing the right thing by his client. But, you know, all that reporting comes out about Ben Simmons on Tuesday. And on Wednesday, Joel Embiid responds with a number of tweets. And I need to get to this, and I'll, I'll kind of take you chronologically through what Joel Embiid had to say on Twitter on Wednesday. So, Joel Embiid's first tweet seems to be uh, coming back at the media. He says, you know, sources, and then under quotes, trust me, bro, stop using my name to push people's agendas. I love and hate drama. I love playing with Ben. Stats don't lie. He's an amazing player, and we all didn't get the job done. It's on me personally. I hope everyone is back because we know we're good enough to win. That's fine. I mean, that is doing damage control. A lot of what was in that story and a lot of what's been reported this offseason is that Ben Simmons, you know, feels somewhat betrayed by Joel Embiid and Doc Rivers. 
with some of their comments that they had to make that they made after game seven that Ben Simmons is not returning their phone calls, that, you know, he is not really communicating with anybody from the organization. You know, even though I think the bashing of the media is something that, that bothers me in this day and age where everything's fake news when, you know, it's pretty obvious that a lot of that stuff is true. Like, many reporters aren't just going out and, and making things up. Like, they're is a lot of fact-based reporting going on, but fine. You want to go out and you want to say these reports are false because you're uh, trying to smooth out a relationship with Ben Simmons. Fine. So here's Ben. Here's a follow-up from Joel Embiid. There, from my own experience, y'all have no idea how much this media makes stuff up for followers, and shame on you for believing them. So again, he's bashing the media, but whatever. I mean, you're trying to smooth things out with Ben Simmons. While I don't agree with that tactic, and I don't think it's right, it's kind of the way of the world these days that, you know, people scream fake news, whether it is or not, and people can discern what whether they think the reporting is true or whether they believe it is false. But this is where Joel Embiid really changed his tune here, and this is something that has bothered me all day. And he tweeted this uh, on Wednesday afternoon. He says, I haven't forgotten, but two years ago I got booed. People in Philly wanted me to be traded. I even shushed them. Only the real ones didn't. Uh, I just put in the work that offseason to be better because I knew I wasn't playing up to my potential. Philly fans, y'all also got to be better. So, Joel Embiid, basically, and if I'm reading this right here, and if 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 I'm not, I'd love to hear from you. 215-592-9494 if you want to get it. But basically, Joel Embiid has decided that he, just like Danny Green earlier this offseason, is going to turn this around on the fans. And that in some way, the fans are responsible for the Sixers' shortcomings. Or the fans have mistreated the players on this team and this organization. And I cannot express enough how infuriating these comments are. They are offensive. They are completely out of touch with any sort of reality, especially for this team. You know, fans do not have to be better. And again, especially for this team, a team that has been supported to the point of it being irrational for years. Just talking with Rob during the crossover about the process. I was somebody who believed in what the Sixers were doing with the process, and I still believe it was the right course of action. I still believe it was the right way to go to tank for a few years and try to get franchise cornerstone players. And many in this town agree and have supported this team while sitting through years of terrible basketball. For years, this city embraced tanking. For years, this city embraced throwing away years of a team that they love for the greater good. A fan base that has been incredibly patient. Like, I, I, I can't stress enough how... Patient 
and how understanding with all the dysfunction, all the stupid scandals, the Colangelo burner gate, you know, running Sam Hinkie out of town, the front office issues that existed in the wake of Brian Colangelo where you didn't know who's running the show. Is it Elton Brand? Is it Brett Brown? Is it one of Colangelo's lieutenants? Through all of this, the bad draft picks, the Markel Fultz pick, the Zaire Smith for Michael Bridges trade, like whatever you, the Al Horford signing, all of these horrible moves that this organization has made, all of the issues that they have had after the tanking, and this fan base continues to support this team, and they show up night after night after night, game after game after game, series after series in the playoffs, and they support this team to a point that is irrational, where if it's any other team in pretty much any other city, they're not getting this level of treatment. Yet, we're not allowed to be upset when you go out there and you choke like dogs in the postseason, when you are the number one seed with a road to the NBA Finals as clear as it has been in 20 years. A series that nobody, locally or nationally, nobody, I don't remember seeing going into that series anybody picking the Atlanta Hawks to win. And you go out and you choke. You were the ones who blew an 18-point lead in Game 4. You were the ones who blew a 26-point lead at home in Game 5. You were the ones that choked in Game 7 on your home floor with a crowd, that same crowd, who you apparently despise. Because at this point, I just think, whether it's Ben Simmons, whether it's Danny Green, whether it's Joel Embiid, they don't give a damn about the fans. And Joel Embiid is included in that. They don't care about you. They don't appreciate your support. Because every time there's some sort of an issue, it's fans' fault. You don't support us enough. After you choke and you give away a series in a season where you had a real opportunity. And you despise that same crowd that goes out and cheers for you night after night after night. And you make it about them. And this, this kind of idea that it's not the player's fault, that it's the fans, that you're not allowed to be upset, you're not allowed to be critical when we fail, is just so wrong. And it is infuriating. This has bothered me all day. And the fact that Joel Embiid would do this, of all people, and I'll get into that more throughout the course of the show, it's the most frustrating thing about it that he would take this tactic to blame the fans and say that we have not supported this team enough. Fans that have, I've never seen in my lifetime in this city, a team supported the way the Sixers are supported. A team that has accomplished nothing in 20 freaking years. They have done nothing. They have not been to a conference finals since 2001 and they sell out that building every night they are supported in a way that is absolutely insane yet it's our fault that Ben Simmons wants out it's our fault that 
the Sixers weren't able to close out that series, that we weren't supportive enough, that we run players out of town. And it's the same as this stupid, you know, national, you know, um, kind of idea that Philadelphia is this horrible sports town. Normally, I don't care about it. Like, they can say what they want, fine. But when your own players are buying into it and your own players are using the fans as a scapegoat, and let's face it, that's exactly what's going on here. That is completely wrong. And I want to know where you stand on this, because this is something that it really, really bothered me. Do you agree with Joel Embiid that Philadelphia fans need to be better? And are we a negative for our athletes? Do we really not support our athletes in this city? I think it is utterly ridiculous. When you are doing well, there is no better place to be than Philadelphia. And a lot of guys do get that. And you see it by a lot of players who come through this city, whether it be John Runyon, whether it be Ike, uh, who, who end up settling down here long term. Because they do understand that this is a great place. And they do understand how great these fans are. But th- this idea that the fans are responsible for the Sixers' shortcomings it's just it's just infuriating for me, and I want to know how you feel. I want to know whether you agree with Joel Embiid that Philadelphia fans need to be better, and if you disagree, I will certainly uh, engage in a uh, healthy debate with you. Um, and, you know, I know uh, Gus said the other night, I don't let anybody disagree with me. That's not true. You're welcome to disagree if you would like. But I think this Joel Embiid point is incredibly absurd. And for players in this organization of all organizations to believe this uh, bothers me more than anything. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. If you want to get in, let's get it started on the phones with Chris in Deptford. What's up, Chris? Hey, Tom. How you doing tonight? What's up, man? First and foremost, thoughts and prayers out to everybody in South Georgia tonight. Crazy night tonight. Hope everyone's doing all right tonight. For yeah. Sure. Where, where were you at during these storms, Chris? Uh, I was in Denver, yeah. Definitely, definitely saw a tornado for the first time in my uh, first time in my lifetime tonight. But everything's okay over here for sure. So we're doing all right. But definitely scary tonight. That's good. So you, so you saw it like as it was happening. Right. Yeah, I saw it. Wow. Oh, I saw the tornado. It was, it was scary. It was something I've never seen in my life. Hopefully, it would never see in my life. Thank God we're all right over here. I saw houses torn down in Molka Hill tonight. Uh, yeah, it was definitely definitely something I've never seen in South Jersey ever. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Uh, but I'm I'm glad you're doing all right, and like you said, hopefully everybody else is as well. For sure, yeah, uh, yeah. I want to get into all this stuff uh, with Ben, Joel, all that tonight. Uh, first of all, with Joel, uh, it's a guy you never want to disagree with. He's the heart and soul of the city. You saw the tweets tonight. Everything was all right into that last sentence where you go, Philly fans be better. I mean. This is the same thing. Like, if you're bashing the Mets over the bias, thumbs down stuff, you got to bash Joel then. Like, yeah. this is – am I wrong about that? No, Chris, it's the exact same thing. It's the exact same thing. Just like what the Mets are doing, and I think that's wrong, what Joel Embiid's doing is, is equally wrong. And it bothers me more than anything for a guy like that who has been supported as much as any athlete I've seen in this city, uh, it, it really, it really is, is disappointing. Exactly. That's what I feel like. It's like, 
everyone, and like you said, this team's done nothing in 20 years. There's a sold-out arena. There is 20,000 fans in there every night cheering for everybody. They're cheering. You can everyone could say what they're saying about Ben all off season. They all had his back throughout the five years he's been here. He would go one for two at the free throw line. Hey, we're cheering for you, Ben. Hey, Ben, we're we're not. I, I mean, if you think Ben Simmons stinks, it's not. We don't want to trade Ben Simmons because he stinks. We're trading Ben Simmons because he. It seems like he does not care anymore. Like he doesn't care. Like he got paid. He's got his money. He's he wants to live the California life. If that's what he is, it's not the Philadelphia lifestyle. Then, like that's what it comes down to me. Like that's why I want Ben going. I don't want Ben going because he's. He's a three-time All-Star. He's a 25-year-old. I want Ben because I feel like he doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, and, and that he's refused to improve on the things that he needs to improve on, Chris. And like you said, like that's another part of this is that is ridiculous. Like I, I, Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm not seeing where Ben Simmons has been like horribly mistreated by Sixers fans. Like, these fans have, when he was going to the free throw line, he wasn't getting booed in the playoffs. He was getting cheered. Like, they were trying to support him. How how about his coach? How about his coach? Everyone's talking about the Game 7 comments. How about the coach in, like, March or April when they're like, oh, they're intentional and fouling Ben. Are you going to take him out of the game? He's like, you want me to take Ben Simmons out of the fourth quarter game? Are you crazy? His coach had his back the whole time, too. And he still doesn't care about that. He's going off the one comment 20 minutes after a Game 7 heartbreaking loss where he was saying, I don't think he's a point guard, not bashing him. Just saying he's not a point guard, maybe. Maybe he's not fit to play the point guard role. Yeah. No, I, I hear you, Chris. And uh, you're, you're exactly right. And I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Yeah, I mean, it, I just, I, I I can't believe it. Like, I, I honestly, I don't know what these players are hearing when they're on the floor. I don't know what they're seeing when they're at games. I don't see a fan base that is treated Ben Simmons negatively. I mean, he's going to the free throw line in a series where he is literally choking it away. And they are intentionally fouling him. And the fans aren't booing. The fans are cheering him. They are giving him a standing ovation to go to the free throw. What are they supposed to do? What should they do? What are they supposed to do? They're trying to cheer him. They're trying to encourage him. And this idea, and it's such a cop-out, and it is such just a, a weak mentality of guys trying to skirt responsibility. It's not on the fans. It's on you. You shouldn't have choked. And you know what? It's professional sports. If you lose and you choke and you blow it, you are going to get booed. And the fans did not boo until the end of game seven. And I don't know what fan base would not boo in that same kind of situation. Um Dan Wilson producing the show tonight. Dan, what what is your read on all this? Yeah, I'll, so I'll tell you what fan base wouldn't boo. It would be a city like, they would boo in L.A., but a city like Miami or another city that maybe is not as passionate. They prob- probably still would boo, but it would not have been as loud. My read on this situation, and I hate to sound lo- like the old guy because I usually try and stray away from like, oh, today's athletes don't care and stuff like that. But this is the second major national story this week that shows just a massive level of tone deafness, whether it's this or what's going on up on in New York. And New York is another hardcore Northeast sports city. And this kind of thing does not should not fly anywhere, but especially does not fly in Philly, New York, Boston, 
and cities like that that really care about their sports teams, which is just a sense of entitlement from athletes who are basically coddled every which way, and the second something doesn't go their way, they try and pin it on the people who pay to come watch them play as opposed to their own performance. If you get paid that much, does it not come with the territory? If, if you have a bad show or one of us says something dumb, like someone calls and lets us know about it. If someone in the stands who actually paid, this is a free show, paid to go watch you play, and you get compensated quite nicely, I might add. The Philadelphia 76ers didn't screw Ben Simmons. They gave him a max contract. And that contract was funded by the people in the seats. For them to not... To, to blame it on those people is so ridiculous on another level. And by the, just to one more point about Embiid, like defending Simmons now, I do find it interesting that he waited until September 1st to do this. Yeah. Like, I, I don't really buy the part that he actually wants Ben Simmons back. I I don't know if someone was in his ear like, hey, go defend this guy. I He didn't ha- need to go as far as ripping the fans. That was ridiculous. But the part about defending Simmons, and then he tried to backtrack it, I thought was a bad... PR, I don't know if you want to call it move or stunt, but I'm not buying that aspect of it. No, it's a cop-out. That's exactly what it is. It's a cop-out. And it's Joel Embiid trying to deflect, you know, criticism. And this is the third guy who's done this, by the way. Right. Dwight Howard had to try and defend him on the way out. Danny Green tried to do it and deflected it to the fans. And now Joel Embiid's doing it for the fans. And it's the same thing as Javier Baez, who's, a, who's new to the New York Mets, now booing fans back because apparently a team who's in third place and had playoff expectations can't take boos from their own fans. Right, and it's trying to deflect pressure off yourself, and it's it's disgraceful. It, it really is. It, it's absolutely disgraceful. You know, and if you don't want to go, if you don't want to play in a city where they're going to love you when you win, and it's going to be great. Like in Philadelphia, it's it's the best place to win. Guys that win here and win big will say that. And if you lose... You're going to get booed. Oh, I'm so sorry that you're going to get booed. And maybe you have a couple negative comments on Twitter. What a horrible thing. You know, don't look at it. How about that? But it's like, you want to go play in Charlotte? You want to go play somewhere else? That's your right. Joel Embiid just signed a $200 million contract here. So I don't want to hear a damn thing about how horrible the fans are. And, And that's the thing that bothers me most. I'd expect this kind of thing from Ben Simmons, not from Joel Embiid. And from Joel Embiid, I, I am infuriated by this. And what he did on Wednesday was an absolute disgrace. One, one last thing just before you move on quickly. There is no, and I said this to you before we even started the show, off the air. There is no bigger lie in the world than any athlete today who says that they don't pay attention to Twitter or what people say about them. He quite literally retweeted, and I know we're going to play the call a little bit later. He retweeted a WIP video of Mad Mike calling in and complaining about him. Like, mm-hmm. they hear all of the noise. So I don't want to hear from any athlete ever again, and they'll continue to say it. I blocked that stuff out. If you want to use that as motivation, fine. We celebrate guys when they use the noise as motivation. But don't lie to our faces and say, I don't pay attention, because all of them do. Literally all of them do. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, what Joel B did on Wednesday, I just I thought it was, was disgraceful. For a guy that's been in this town for as long as he has, uh, extremely disappointing. Um, to to make this about the fans when it's on you. You failed, you lost, and uh, this is not a fan issue. This is a, a Sixers issue, and you know the way this has been handled, I think is is pretty disgraceful. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. If you want to get in, two one five five nine two nine four nine four. All you guys on hold, stay there. We'll get back to the phones when we return. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio ninety four WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly. 
with you on a Thursday morning. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494. Um, wanted to come in talk about the Eagles tonight, talk about the Phillies, but again, we're talking about more stupid Sixers drama here. And, you know, it is very comparable to this situation going on in New York with the Mets. And it's just so frustrating when you see this kind of stuff going on. And, like, from Joel Embiid, and if you you didn't hear it for a second, if you don't know what's going on, basically Joel Embiid tweeted out on uh, Wednesday that basically this Ben Simmons thing is the fans' fault. I mean, let's face it. That's When you boil it all down... That's what he is saying, is that the fans need to be better. And this is not this is not about the fans. This is not about the fans at all. This is about your team failing and you looking for a scapegoat. And I'll tell you what, I've never really thought about, like, the people have talked about the culture that was kind of established by the process. And I've always kind of, like, shrug that off like I don't think that really does carry over and is something that is sustained but the more I look at it the more I do think okay maybe this maybe the process did even though it was the right thing to do for the organization maybe it has set a losing culture because this team just has such a loser mentality and anytime they face adversity and you saw it in that series you know, they walk through Washington. They seem to be walking through Atlanta. But anytime they have adversity, they all fold. Whether it's Simmons, Embiid, uh, the rest of the role players, Tobias Harris, they're just a bunch of, of losers. And this team has a kind of losing mentality that where everybody's looking for a way out. You know, Ben Simmons is looking to run away. Joel Embiid's looking to blame the fans. Danny Green's looking to blame the fans. How about you take accountability for the fact that you guys blew a series that you should have won? And the idea that this is the fans' fault, that Ben Simmons wants to leave because of the Philadelphia fans, is is absolutely ridiculous. It is so frustrating. And for Embiid, of all people, to be the one to, to, to point the finger at the fans... The fans that have treated him like a god since the minute he got here. Despite sitting out for two years and dealing with the injuries he's dealt with, he has gotten criticized less than any star athlete I can remember in this city in recent memory. And it is absolutely infuriating to be that he, of all people, would go after the fans. It's a really terrible look. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. But what's your opinion on this? Are the Philadelphia fans a problem? And are we the reason that the Sixers, you know, can't succeed? And are we a negative for the players in these teams? I just don't buy it. I don't buy it at all. When teams win, you know, we get credit for it. You know, uh, it, like the Philadelphia fans are, are, are a big factor in that. You know, I don't know how true that is either, but I certainly... I, I certainly think this idea that the fans are a problem is is absurd. And it's not just in Philadelphia. You're seeing with the Mets, uh, it's just another excuse players want to use when their teams come up short and they come up short. Uh, let's go to John in Turnersville. What's up, John? Yo, Tom. What's going on? 
Hey, listen. I'm going to speak as a as a fan, okay, and a, and a fan of sports. I've been uh, part of sports all my life, as most Philadelphians is are. Uh, but uh, me and my wife, we go to about ten games uh, of the Phillies and the 76ers each a year, so you know, twenty games. Uh, each time we go, we spend two hundred dollars. Um. We go to work every day. Uh, we can't afford we can't afford the uh, ten game package because of our schedule. So we pretty much, uh, you know, on a whim go to the game. Now, the cost that we we expect is just to win. That, 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 that's what Philadelphia fans are about. Is we want to see our teams win. We don't have enough. I've been lucky enough to see the Phillies. Uh, win their uh, two championships. The Eagles win theirs, obviously, recently. And then, uh, you know, the 76ers in 83. But they don't win enough. Go into, go into a championship game. Look at look at how we, uh, you know, I don't want to say we look down on Andy Reid because um, he went to, what, four or five NFC championship games. But he, he didn't get it done either. And, and we criticize that. We and I'm just saying, as a fan, we want to win. We want to be like the uh, the Lakers. We are as a franchise in a, of all three sports in the city for many many years. You know, we still stick by the players. There's only three words I can think of to uh, describe Ben Simmons. He is soft. For him to make an excuse. On why he didn't get it done, that's on him. Yeah, but John, it's not just Simmons. They're all soft. Embiid's soft. Danny Green's soft. It's this entire team and nobody on this team wanting to take any accountability for the fact that they failed. They want to blame other people. I, I just, I just found, I just by listening to your station tonight, I just found out about what Embiid said on Wednesday. I don't know why he would make that comment. You gotta own. You gotta own your loss. Just as as much as you're going to own your win, and you haven't won, so you don't have a right to say anything. You know I mean, LeBron James goes out and makes comments about many different things, and he, he takes criticism before, but he owns it. He still goes out and wins, even as the, even as the, uh, the older age that he is. That whole team fell apart when he got hurt. Yeah, no. Yeah, I- he, He's a stone cold winner. That's all it is. I don't particularly like the guy, but it's, it's, I don't particularly like Tom Brady either. I mean, I'm a Philadelphia fan, but you can't, you can't, you can't hide the fact that them guys win. We want Joel Embiid, if he is all in what he says he is, to take that team on his back and win. Ben Simmons, goodbye, man. He he can't. He ain't going to get any better no matter where he goes. Jo- yeah, and he I, is soft. I appreciate the call, John. Thanks. And, and it's more to me about, like, the players' mindset these days. Like, what do they want? Do they want to go back to 2020? You want to play in stadiums with cardboard cutouts? Do the NBA players want to go down and play in the bubble? Like, do, do you not want the fans involved? The fans add an, an atmosphere that is important. And I think we all realize that seeing – Sports without fans. It wasn't the same. And, like, I, I I don't understand this idea that, you know, 
fans are not allowed to express frustration anymore. And, you know, this idea that we heard it with the Mets over the last couple weeks and uh, just this line of thinking that fans aren't allowed to express frustration. This really started Danny Green a few weeks ago where Danny Green was on John Clark's podcast and was talking about the crowd and the idea of them affecting Ben Simmons. And here was what Danny Green said on that matter. Do you think the crowd and Philly can have an effect on somebody like Ben Simmons in those moments? For sure. It has an effect on everybody. And I think that's something that needs to change in the city. You know, I love our fans, but, you know, you know when things aren't going well, they can turn on you. Um, that's the one thing that I, I would disagree with or, or dislike. But, you know, some guys use it as motivation. Some guys have a chip on their shoulder. But, you know, they, I think that needs to change somewhat. They need to be riding with us regardless of how things are going. You know, we're number one team that you still playing well. And in some games, they'll, they'll boo us. You know, but that's part of the, the culture here. Um, and that's a part of part of their way of showing they love us. But um, I said, with a guy like Ben and other guys, I, I think they need to stick behind him and stick by him as long as they can until he said until the horn blows. But even then, you know, he's here. He's, he's given so much to this organization, to the city, um, on and off the court, that, that he deserves that respect and that, that support. So um, I hope that that thing, that worm turns for him and for the city of Philly to where they don't have that mantra as fans of being cold, rough, and one of the, you know, the worst in the league because we had a great time this year. We had a great outing. And when they came back and allowed fans back into the building, it was amazing energy that we needed and I loved. So um, I hope that changes for him and I hope that changes for the city. Again, like, I don't know where Danny Green was. When were fans, like, unfair to Ben Simmons? When were fans cold to Ben Simmons? Uh, and you got to stick by us. At what? So in game five, when you were throwing up all over, all over yourselves, essentially, and blowing a 26-point lead, what are the fans supposed to do? Like, not express frustration as you were pretty much giving away a series? It's ridiculous. Here's more from Danny Green on uh, fans needing to support players more. We had a golden opportunity this year, and I'm sure there will be plenty with years to come with the guys that you have here. Um, but just enjoy it. Love them. Uh, don't throw anything on the court. You know, that's one thing. Uh, don't cheer for when guys get injured. You know, that's just known around the league, not just here. But, you know, um, I know there's a, there's a time where fans were kind of getting out of control, just, you know, getting back into the arenas. But, um, you know, I love our fans. You know, I just, you know, try to throw little things out there to let them know. We love you, but at the same time, you know, protect us, encourage us, and stay by us. Like we stand by you, regardless of wins or losses. We are humans and people too. You know, we're not, you know, zoo animals where you can just, you know, throw things or, you know, be on our side when it's convenient. Yeah, again, with this, like, wh- who got something thrown at them? Like, Russell West, one idiot dumped popcorn on Russell Westbrook, and he was condemned universally, nationally and locally. Nobody said that was the right thing to do. What, is he referring to some dope throwing a water bottle on the floor at the end of Game 7? Nobody's throwing anything at the players. Like, th- this kind of revisionist history is just absurd. And to make this out to be something it's not, which is exactly what they're doing, is is it's ridiculous. It is utterly ridiculous. And you know what? Like, it's becoming an unlikable team. And the fact that they would turn on the fan base like this is is really frustrating. Let's go to Jay in West Philly. What's up, Jay? Oh, what's going on, man? What's up? Oh, 
This is crazy. This is amazing to me, man. How we supposed to be the toughest sports city in the country and all that. And when a player says something, we get all offended for four or five days. Like, like they can't voice an opinion. I mean, like he said, they get paid, so all we expect is to win. It's not guaranteed when you buy a ticket that you're going to win. It's not guaranteed. Well, Jay, like they, in regards to what, what Embiid said and what Danny Green yeah. said, do you, do you think the fans were unfair to this they, team? He did, said they he said be better. Did he say they was horrible? He said they just got to be better. Evidently, that's the word around the league amongst players. Be better. So, do you, so do they, you, under, do you do understand you, why we can't get major free agents and stuff like that? That's not why they can't get free agents, Jay. Why, that's, well, it, why is it? It's because they don't have the players to get free agents. No, free They don't agents. have the players that guys want to come, free, get, come free play with. Agents. Right. So, you need to so have Joel, players. So Joel is not a top five player in the league? No, he's not. Guys don't want to come play with him. Damian Lillard doesn't want to come play with Joel Embiid. Why? Seriously. Come on. Because he made that comment, you're going to say he's not a top-five player in the league? He was just second in MVP vote. If Damian Lillard wanted to come play with Joel Embiid, he could make that happen. That, so you point out one player that's loyal. He's a loyal player. Do we not say that? What about Bradley Beal? He's another loyal player. You pick out two people that want to stay where they at. <laughs> what about any of the other guys that don't choose Philadelphia? You think it's the fans? What, what other guy? You think it's what the other guy? Jay, Jay. You think the fans are a reason that they can't get free agents? Like, TK, you sound upset, so I know you're about to bang on me because you're not listening to what I'm saying. No, I am, but if you think the fan base is why the Sixers can't get free agents, I think that is is really misguided. So, so listen, free agents is the player's choice, right? Yes. So, when Jimmy had a chance to stay, for everybody that loved his work ethic, he was a player he loved, right? Yeah, he left because he didn't okay. want to play with Ben Simmons. Okay, exactly. So it's Ben Simmons on this team. So you really think that Dame Lillard or like a player like a player doesn't want to play with him be don't that sound like they saying that? Like like they're in the league and players don't choose to come here. That's just like when LeBron was a free agent. He just threw out the name to to appease us. Don't no free agents come here. And you name players that get here and love it here. These are all role players that don't take the scrutiny. You name a star player that stayed here. A star player that stayed, what, that what, stayed about, here? What about Allen Iverson? He loves Philadelphia. He don't live here. <laughs> he what, come what, in here to get paid. Yeah, he but uh, Jay, Allen Iverson's a guy that gets this city. He played here and he loved he these fans. He don't live here. You talk about players that stayed here. Who stayed here? Jonesy, Ike, and all that. Let's talk about star player scrutiny. Yeah, but okay, fine. You don't it. want to talk. You don't want to. Talk, by the way, Ryan okay, Howard, I do believe lives here. But if you don't want to talk about that, fine. There are a lot of players that come in here of star potential that loved playing in Philadelphia. Are there not? Oh, like who? Name name some. Allen Iverson. He doesn't live here. You talk no, about players that Jay, stayed here. I'm not talking about guys living That's here. That's what you said. I'm talking about guys that loved playing for this fan base. Okay, but you said guys that stayed here when you brought up Ike and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, Jay, said, we're, at, we're having a different conversation. No, no, we're not. But you're not listening, just like I'm saying. You're just not listening. It's funny how the players can take all this and do all that stuff. But the moment they say something, the rough and tough Philadelphia knowledgeable fans get upset. Well, let me it, ask you. It amazes I, I have a question for you, Jay. I, I really want to – okay, I'm, a, I'm asking a question here. Do you think the fans were unfair to the Sixers in that series against Atlanta the way they reacted? 
I didn't say they was unfair. Just like we can voice our opinion, they can say something too. So what, they not supposed to say nothing? Just like we get frustrated, you don't think they get frustrated? Yeah, they should be frustrated with their performance. But do you okay, think the fans? So you don't think he, so? The, you don't think like when he said he was frustrated with Ben? Yeah, he's tired of playing with Ben. He's tired of playing with Ben. Don't nobody want to come here and play with him. Yeah, but then Jay, but Jay, then he said it was about the fans. He, he didn't say it was about Ben. Be, he said the fans need to be better. He didn't say they were horrible. Or he just said they need to be better, just like we say he need to be better. How do you it's think? Just a, it just amazes me how we. Get upset when they get—it's just—it sounds like it's just shut up and dribble, okay. just oh, like Dan no, said. No, 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 dude, Jay, this is not that. What do you but, think the Philadelphia fans need to do to be better? I, I'm honestly—if you agree with Embiid, I want to know how you interpreted what he said and how should we be better. It's just like they boos say whatever they want, like it's entertainment. Like, name me one, like Northeast City, where we're all involved in it up to the our neck. They haven't won. It's, so, it's, it's amazing that other players want to go somewhere and do this, that, and the third, where it's a fan reaction. Okay, let's be, you know. But it's here where we, oh, just like when McDad got water bottles thrown at him when he was so, walking off the field. So fans shouldn't boo? Like, Jay, this, nobody on we this team, boo. nobody we on this team got, who on this team got anything listen. thrown at them? What are you talking I'm just, about, I'm just Jay? Talking about, I'm talking about fans in general. You don't remember when fans threw water bottles at McNabb and Ike. Yeah, but and Jay, Ike. we're talking about this situation. Okay, he was talking, talking about, about Sixers fans. What yeah. Sixers fan? What Sixers player got anything thrown at them? Nobody. But I'm just talking about him just saying his opinion. As soon as he says something, like we point out the one line he said. You what? see how he said the fans motivated him, right? Remember when he said they booed him and he came back better? He talk about himself. Ain't nobody say nothing about that all day. But we pick out one line where we, oh, he talking about us. Jay, because, and I appreciate the call, because that's the line that matters. That's the line that matters. And, hey, I'll give you plenty of time to articulate and to explain your point of view on this. But I don't understand. Like, I didn't, I didn't feel like I was getting from Jay, uh, you know, what, fans could do to be better what we should have done differently because the way I perceived it and if I'm wrong I'd love you to tell me and you can get into one five five nine two nine four nine four but like the way I perceived it is Joel Embiid basically saying the fans should have reacted differently in the Atlanta series did you kind of read that similarly Dan Yes, I read that, or not maybe specifically the Atlanta series, but more so that the fans are at least somewhat to blame in in a general sense to how they treat athletes and that Ben Simmons not getting the treatment that the players feel he deserves is somehow the fault of the fans. And I always, I always laugh because he, Jay just mentioned Northeast cities as a whole. When people sell the idea that you cannot be successful in a hardcore Northeast sports city. Go ask the city of Boston who, if someone my age grew up there, I have a friend who I went to Temple with who's my age and has seen like 12 billion championships in his lifetime in a city that has equally as passionate fans. They boo their teams when they don't play well, and they got six Super Bowls out of the patch. They got four titles out of the Red Sox, a Celtics and a Bruins title. Like, how did that happen? Yeah. No, it's 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 true. And, you know, when you – and this is – Part of what what bothers me here, and, and like, like I, I just don't I don't get 
the the line of thinking here. Like, what did fans do so wrong in this specific situation to, you know, warrant this kind of response? Like, I and I would love to hear from you. I just don't get it. And I don't understand, especially for this team that has been supported in such a, an irrational manner for years. An organ, a, a fan base that has supported move after move, and, you know, through the bad draft picks and the bad trades and, and all of this stuff, um, I just don't get it. And Jay brought up the the shut up and dribble thing. This is not that. Like, let's not make this that. Because I totally support players want to come out and talk about social issues, talk about that kind of stuff. I am 100% for that. This is not that. This is not people tell, telling the players to shut up and just play. But if you're going to say something and you're going to come after the fans, have a reason, have some level of reasoning to make that make sense. And in this case, Joel Embiid doesn't have that, and he knows that. And when we get back, we'll play a little bit for you from um, what happened after Game 7, because this is really what it goes back to in my mind. And this is where Joel Embiid is being weak and is really just trying to deflect Uh, the pressure off himself in a situation that is much more of his making than it is the Philadelphia fans. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. All you guys on hold, stay there. We will uh, get through all the calls as quickly as possible. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP, I'm Tom Kelly. With you on a Wednesday morning, if you want, or Thursday morning. When you do the full week of these overnight shifts, the days really do run together. I was at home yesterday morning. I had to ask my mom, like, it's Wednesday, right? Uh, and it was indeed Wednesday. So uh, today is Thursday. That's the way it works. So um, we. You are, don't subscribe to the Big Daddy Graham uh, clock there? The 4 a.m. rule? The 4 a.m. rule? You know what? Because it still feels like Wednesday to me, I'll be honest. Yeah, I honestly. I don't really care about what day it is. Like, I, I've just got, gotten so accustomed to, like, my shift is, like, the next day. But I, I'm with you. Like, to me. This is staying up, not getting up early. Right. To me, this is still Wednesday. Like. Uh, I know it's technically Thursday, but the whole midnight system. Like, who actually says it's now Thursday at midnight? Right. Well, No one does that. We're, like, late night people. Um but, you know, I, I don't know how people are, like, morning people. I guess you can get it. No, morning people are psychopaths is a take I have. Like, this this shift is much easier for me to do than, like, when I would work the morning show. When I would do Oh, I, I'm right there with you. On a Friday This is how morning. I was in college, and I imagine I'm never really going to change. I mean, yeah. I mean, well, if you got a job, are you— if I, if I hypothetically got a job, but, like, I don't mind these hours at all. No. Getting no. up early is much worse than just staying awake. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with that. So, uh, yeah, this is, it is whatever Wednesday, Thursday, however you uh, the crossover, treat it. Yeah. the crossover day. Yeah. Right, you're 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 welcome to call it whatever you, you want. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. We're talking about this Joel Embiid situation where you know he basically tells the fans uh, that they need to be better and basically is saying they're responsible for the Ben Simmons thing. I mean, that's the way I read it and. The thing that disappoints me so much is that it is Joel Embiid. You know, Danny Green, whatever. He's been here a year. Danny Green doesn't know a damn thing about this city. And I, you know, whatever. Uh, Danny Green, 
can can say what he wants. He's been here for for a minute, and fine. I disagree, but you move on. But for Joel Embiid to do this, you know, a guy who's completely escaped criticism for the playoffs. I mean, has he gotten hammered for his atrocious second half in Game Four? Not not really. I mean, I. I uh, you should write a thank you card to Ben Simmons, by the way. Right. Everybody talks about Ben. Everybody talks about Tobias. Everybody talks about Doc. Nobody's criticizing Joel Embiid. And, you know, him scapegoating the fans is so wrong because that's not why Ben Simmons wants out. And he knows that. And this is a weak move of Embiid in, in, in this sense. Because Ben Simmons and all the reporting would support this, that he doesn't want to be here because of Joel Embiid and because of Doc Rivers. Not because of the fans of Philadelphia. You know, and do I think Ben Simmons loves the fans here? No, I don't. And I think Ben Simmons, you know, when you really look and if you watch that documentary of him coming out of LSU, you can you kind of know that Ben Simmons was never thrilled about being here. Um, and I always think maybe had designs on if the opportunity presented itself to get out, and that's the opportunity that he sees right now. But this is more about Joel Embiid. And Joel Embiid, you know, affecting Ben Simmons' desire to be in Philadelphia. And it all goes back to after Game 7. And here was Joel Embiid after Game 7 on what he felt was the turning point of that game. Man, uh, I'll be honest. Um, I thought the turning point was, uh, uh, you know, when... Um, we, um, I don't know how to say it, um, but I thought the turning point was just, you know, we had, uh, an open shot and, you know, we missed, uh, we made one free throw and, uh, we missed the other and then they came down and scored, uh, and, uh, we didn't get a good uh, possession on the other end and Trey came back and he made a three and then from there, uh, down four, uh, and then I go. I uh, he's on me. I turn the ball over. Uh, I try to, you know, make something happen. Now, what Joel Embiid says at the beginning was the turning point of the game was when Ben decided not to dunk. Now, whether that's why Ben really wants out or not, like I said, I think Ben has always kind of had these designs on getting out, and this is kind of his excuse to do so. But that's much bigger of a reason than the fans here. And again, like, I don't remember the, and maybe I'm remembering incorrectly. I don't remember the fans booing Ben Simmons in that series. I just don't remember that happening. I remember him getting a standing ovation every time he went to the line. And this is Joel Embiid trying to skate and trying to escape culpability for why Ben Simmons doesn't want to be here anymore because, sure, those that comment had a, a major role, uh, I believe. And, you know, when he said that, he made that decision. The fans didn't make him say that. Nobody else made Joel Embiid throw Ben Simmons under the bus. That Joel Embiid's a big boy, and that was his conscious decision. And he, you can tell at the beginning of the cut, he takes some time before he says it. He thought about what he wanted to do. Embiid's a really smart guy, and... He decided he wanted to throw Joel or Ben Simmons under the bus. And now he's going to blame the fans for something that he did. And it speaks to a larger issue to me that Embiid has not matured. 
And, you know, he did not step up and rescue the Sixers when they needed somebody in that series. And he was perfectly fine after Game 7 scapegoating Ben Simmons. Like, he was completely fine with throwing Simmons under the bus then. But now, you know, it's it's the fans who have got to be better. And Pablo Torre on ESPN uh, talked about this issue today and, and gave his take on Embiid. Why didn't you say this anytime sooner? Why did you wait for after the official basically leak to come out that says Ben Simmons isn't showing up at all? Go bleep yourselves. He doesn't want to play with you guys. If you wanted to get him out of your life, Joel Embiid, you say nice stuff like this so that other teams make offers that your team might be willing to accept. But all of this is so transparent and so late that it just makes me sad at this point. It's pathetic. And it is. And that's what it is. It's Joel Embiid not wanting to take responsibility and trying to first scapegoat Ben Simmons and now scapegoat the fans, but not taking any responsibility on himself. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Let's go to David in Texas. What's up, David? Hey, how you doing? What's up, man? Yeah, I just want to talk about uh, Embiid. Um, I think he's spot on. I agree with him. Uh, the fans do need to be better. Um, it's just like how you called um, Ben Simmons soft, you called Embiid soft or saying that. But when it's reversed, when people, fans, try to say that uh, players, they, they have rabbit ears or, or they're thin-skinned or whatever, but the, but the same fans hate it when – Players say something like "be better," and then the fans get are so thin-skinned and 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 get mad and, and and aggressive when when a player says something about the fans. So I, I don't get why fans always get upset about that. They want the players to be tough-minded, but the fans aren't tough-minded and they can't take criticism. Well, th- David, what did the fans do wrong in this instance? I'm curious. Okay, for, for a few things. You you said that Ben Simmons or was implied that Embiid said that Ben Simmons was out because of the fans or something to that effect. Well, Embiid never said Ben Simmons once out. He didn't even address that. So he never said anything. And Ben Simmons on his camp, they never said anything about the fans. So you can't, at least at this time, say anything about Ben Simmons allegedly wanting out because of the Fans right, that's what I said. Fans. I said he doesn't right, want right, out right. because of the fans. Right. So, but I'm just saying. So, but I mean, but Embiid's tweet did not address the report that Ben might want out, or whatever. So we we don't even know why that is. That's the case. But um, basically, a lot of people <clears throat> um, online. Uh, now this goes. I think this is it goes beyond just like on the court. In my understanding, well, it goes beyond just the court. Like in, in on the court, where because when I watching the games, most of the fans seemed like they were supportive of Ben and the Sixers. There wasn't really. I didn't notice much booing or anything like that. Uh, they were supporting Ben at the line, things like that. But. But online, Ben is getting hammered online aggressively uh, for no reason. Um, uh, callers calling, hitting Ben, 
So it goes beyond just the court. Fans just calling, just hating Ben, saying he's soft and, and calling him out. Um, just just going all, all on and on about about Ben and not and not supporting him in that instance and just just calling him out. So it's, it's, it goes beyond just on the court. We, David, um, and real quick, I'll, I'll let I'll let you continue. But like. Y- Sports radio, we talk about what happens in the game. We talk about what happens on the floor. Are we not supposed to to talk about it? Like, are we not supposed to no, point no, out no, when, it, when a guy when no. a guy fails? No. Like, no, like, no. and, and no. One, one, well, one more thing, real quick, David. Now, again, I'll let you finish. But like, not supporting him. Ben Simmons has been supported for four years. Ben Simmons is the one who decided he didn't need to develop a jump shot. Ben Simmons is the one who didn't work on his game. So at what point are we allowed to criticize him? No, there's nothing wrong with criticism. Uh, any athlete, I mean, you can criticize, uh, but it's about the way you do it, like the, the, the harsh venom towards Ben. Like, you notice after game seven, just about everybody just hates Ben Simmons. It's not even about – uh, it's not even about like supporting them. It's just just venom, just attack, 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 just just attacking well, Ben Simmons and David, just and saying he's soft and saying he he, he doesn't care. When Ben Simmons definitely cares. He cares about the game. He works on this he, game. He, 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 he didn't care enough to develop a jump shot. No, he's not a good shooter. But but the thing is, but he but he cares. It's just people just just always attack Ben uh, about about not caring and ever since game seven, just everybody, it seems like like 90% of the fan base just, just hates them. And they, they, they want nothing to do with them, like nothing at all. And it's just, it's, it's just sad. I mean, it's not, it's not even about, uh, because he's a good player. He's a very good player. The thing now, I'm, now I understand that somebody's not like that good or whatever, like, oh, well, this guy is not that good. We can maybe do this. But, no, we have a bona fide star, an all-star player who helps us win, who helps us win games, and we are clearly a better team with Ben, and people just want him gone. Well, well David. Like, no, get, let, get out of here. Well, well, do you not understand why fans would be frustrated? Would, would you agree that Ben Simmons was the primary reason they lost that series? No. No? Doc Rivers was the, no, no, no. Doc, Doc Rivers was the primary reason we lost, not Ben Simmons. So I disagree with that. Did now, the series did not change a, when Atlanta started intentionally fouling Ben Simmons? No. For, okay, you want to talk about game one? Doc Rivers started Danny Green on Trey Trey uh, Trey yeah, Young. Yeah, and he that start, was a, if, he, if, he, if he starts, he starts Ben Ben Simmons guarding Trey Young. We have a, we probably win that game. Uh, agreed. But how but, did, how did how did the Hawks get back into game four and game five when the Sixers what? had huge leads? How did they get back well, into those well, games? Well, no, okay, good. It's not because of Ben Simmons because they were on the bench. No, like they they no, wait 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 they 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 built the lead with the starters. Dot Rivers takes the starters out and they start chipping into the lead. Remember, like I think it was game was a five or no game 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 five no, game five. Yeah, we had a twenty six point lead. We had a twenty six point lead, and then starting the fourth quarter, that's when uh, when um. What's his name? Uh, the, the the guy used to work. Uh, Lou Williams. Lou Williams. He was hot. He was like perfect from the start. The start. The the fourth quarter. Uh, he just couldn't miss. And and and, and, and ben, do you, do you and, remember what on, on the bench? Do, do you, no, no, David. No. Well, with fifteen point with a fifteen point lead, and I, I appreciate the call, David. Thanks. With a fifteen point lead, the Sixers brought their starters back in, and you know what happened after that? Atlanta kept fouling Ben Simmons. 
and he kept going to the free throw line, and the fans kept cheering him, and they kept supporting him, and he kept missing free throw after free throw after free throw. And that is why the Hawks got back in game four and game five and the Sixers had big leads. You can go back and you can look at the game logs. I mean, this is what happened. Now, you know, and the idea after game seven, are we not allowed to be, like, frustrated? Are we not allowed to be upset after game seven when your team loses? When you lose this series? We're supposed to continue to support and say how great Ben is when he had a horrible series. And if anybody thinks Ben Simmons didn't have a horrible series, I'd love to hear from you. But I don't, I, I don't understand it, man. I don't understand this new idea that, like, as sports fans, we're not allowed to really be sports fans anymore. Like, and I'm, again, the social media stuff, I agree. People say horrible things on social media, and that shouldn't happen. Like, you know, I understand how that is to a much lesser extent. You know, I get hate on social media don't look at it and move on. Like, but you, you just like, this is pro sports. Like guys are going to get booed. There is talk radio so we can talk about the games. And if players don't perform, sure, they're going to get ripped. That's the way it's always been. That's the way it's always going to be. Are there limits? Of course there are limits. But in this particular situation, I don't understand what Sixers fans have done so wrong. And that's the problem that I had with what Joel Embiid had to say. Let's go to Adrian. What's up, Adrian? Hey, what's up, man? So, you know, some of the things you say are right, Tom, but some of the things you say is like a little irking because I think Doc Rivers had a, had a, had a big part of us losing that series. Um, I, I, you know, I mean, you win as a team, you lose as a team. I think when they threw him under the bus after game seven, I said this to you right after game seven, I called in, I was frustrated. I wanted to get rid of Ben too. Um, But I mean, you got to understand this is Philadelphia, man. This is one of the hardest places in the world to play at, man. Cause you got passionate fans that truly love the game. So when something go wrong at, 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 at the beginning of something, you know, initially we're going to react. I mean, this is the same fans that send 30 guys up to the draft to boo McNabb. So, I mean, a lot of people don't want to come to Philly just because of that. I know Watson wasn't going to come to Philly because he would have came to Philly. Do you know he would have got killed? Why? Yeah, I, 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 I don't think Watson you know I mean? wanted to come to Philly because of the media scrutiny, Adrian. That's what I believe. I think he knows. No, not just, oh, come on, come on. Let's, let's keep it real. When Vic even came, do you know how many protests was down there? You know how bad it was for him? Like, come on. And, and these, you got to understand, these professional players, they talk. They hang together. And they'll tell you in, in a minute. I could tell you in a minute. This is one of the hardest places in the world to play at. Yeah, Adrian. Don't, don't try to blame it on Embiid. Don't try to blame it on – a lot of it is the organizations, really. A lot of it's organizations. It, it, it was so terrible. Maury came in. Adrian, it was, so, it was so terrible for Michael Vick. He stayed here for five years. He obviously enjoyed playing. Well, well, I'm saying you gotta have tough skin. Like you, you, you point out Allen Iverson. This is a guy that had tough skin. This is a guy that probably came from nowhere, and, and, and Philly actually gave him a chance, an opportunity to be rich, to be successful in life. So he dealt with it. But a lot of a lot of these guys, just like Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz got out of here. 
not just because of the the, um, the fans, but the organizations too. I, I, I just think that Maury has got in over his head. I think Doc Rivers was probably the worst coach to come in because Doc Rivers should have backed Ben Simmons after that game. Joel Embiid should have never opened his mouth after that game. It took Joel Embiid till September to come out to say that he still want to play with Ben. Nah, that's a bunch of bull crap. I wouldn't want to be here neither. Adrian, I, I don't to- care how much money you pay. I-, I totally agree with you on that. And that's why I have such a problem with it, because Embiid now is trying to deflect the attention off himself and onto the fans. That's exactly what I have a problem with here. Hey, you, you know, the, the fans, the Philadelphia fans are passionate, man. I mean, I'm from Philly. You know, I'm, I'm passionate about everything that I do. You know what I mean? Because this is a blue-collar city. I mean, this is a hard-working city. Well, Adrian, we work that- hard for everything that we get. So when, 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 when things don't go our way, man, trust me, we're going to let you know. Right. Well, Adrian, if you're a Philly guy, man, it's time for you to defect. I mean, what are you doing being a Giants fan if you're a Philly guy? Come on. Come over to well, to be an Eagles fan. Well, well, I'm just kidding. We don't want it, you, Adrian. Because it's, yeah, it's hard, man. It's hard because it's just the organization. A lot of stuff is organization-wise with me. The reason why I'm not Philly, not, not a, a Eagles fan, not a Phillies fan. I mean, a lot of it's organizational stuff. So, but I mean, it's not even here. There, I'm a, I'm a Sixers fan. I love the Sixers, man. Um, and just like that one guy said, let's keep it real. Uh, yeah. We are better with Ben than we are with Fowley. Well, at this let's point, not, let's, let's not let's not let's not that because uh, you got to understand, we had the best record in the East last year. And with and, and you know, people don't understand. You see how long it took Milwaukee to get to where they was at? They stuck. The, they stayed together. Which come Giannis didn't throw none of his guys on the bus. They stuck together and, and they got it done. That's what Embiid should have did. You know, Embiid was a was at fault a lot of was at fault when we was in that Toronto series. A lot of people don't talk about that when he couldn't play. He got sick. He was throwing all this crap. So for him to to throw Ben under the bus, man, he, a lot of that stuff should have been in house, and they didn't so, they didn't do the, a, a good job being in house on a lot of stuff that they said. Yeah, appreciate it, Adrian, and I totally agree with that. I mean, th- there's no doubt about it. And th- again, like this is the biggest problem that I have with Embiid here is this is him deflecting it off himself. Like he knows that what he said is an issue here. There's no doubt about it, and, and I've been saying it for months that. I thought what Joel Embiid and Doc Rivers, the minute they made those comments after Game 7, I did not think Ben Simmons coming back here was going to be a healthy situation. But the problem that I have is now Embiid, in an attempt to say, oh, Ben doesn't want out because of me, it's because of you. It's because you haven't supported him. It's because you boo him. It's because, you know, all the hate that he gets from the fans. And from Embiid, a guy who we love here and has taken virtually no criticism. There was that incident when he shushed the crowd, and that was like right before the pandemic hit, when, you know, Joel Embiid shushed the crowd in February, and yeah, there were some people making, and and for Joel Embiid too, and, you know, we'll play it in a little bit here, to post a Mad Mike phone call on his Twitter from, like, Mad Mike calls every day, and he says the same thing about Howie Roseman. And it's like, you know, he, he, that that's what he does. It's like noted WIP listener Joel Embiid, apparently. Yeah, it's like uh, he's taking clips from Joe Giglio's show. Joe Giglio and Mad Mike calls, and he's posting on his Twitter as as illustration of how horrible the fans in Philadelphia are. This like, is not the first on. time Mad Mike has gotten some fanfare. No, you I, remember, I don't even want to mention his name. You honestly. remember when he got on NFL Network? No. 
Okay, well, I won't go there then. Apparently, All right. <laughs> when it he, was. What did he get on NFL Network? This he was complaining about the Eagles or something, and they it was so he went off so much they literally played it on Good Morning Football the next day. Mad Mike, like I, I. This was like a few months ago. And if people think I'm negative, like <laughs> this guy, I mean, I don't know what makes him happy. I, I really. And, Wait, did and, he call in after the Super Bowl complaining about the defense? I'm or? sure. And whenever I talk to him next, I want to know what makes him happy. Like, whenever Mike wants to call, um, you know. I, He's taking a victory lap with this, by the way. Yeah, I, yeah I, don't, I don't know if I'm in the mood to talk to him tonight. But at some point, I'll have to ask him what makes him happy. Uh, let's go to Bill in Narberth. What's up, Bill? Hey, how are you doing? Uh, thanks for hanging, Bill. Uh, what's going on? Okay, uh, calm down. I think you're being very unfair, Joel Embiid. The contrast between him and Simmons is between uh, the devil and an angel. You look at Joel Embiid when he arrived here. He was, in many ways, an immature, sort of developing kid. He has improved himself made himself into a great player because of hard work, focus. No, no doubt. And, Bill, I love Joel Embiid, and that's why I'm so frustrated because everybody loves Joel Embiid, yet he came out and ripped the fan base, basically saying we're the reason well, Ben Simmons look, wants to get traded. You have to look. He has gone through his process of maturing physically and as a player. What he is doing now is becoming a politician. We know how Joe and Pete feels about Simmons. He said it right after the game. And what Simmons did to Joel Embiid had far more harsh an effect on him than it does me as a fan. That's his livelihood. That's how he makes a living. And he honestly made a spontaneous utterance which shows how he feels about Embiid. The problem with somebody like Embiid is that they are a spiritually corrupt person, and a spiritually corrupt person brings everybody down to a lower level because of the selfishness with which they behave. Bill, I'll blame Ben Simmons for a lot of things. I'm not going to blame Ben Simmons for for Joel Embiid's comments. Joel Embiid's a big boy, and, and he's responsible for what he says. Oh, no, but uh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure he took... And what he's doing now, he's had time to think about it. He's not putting the fans down. What he's trying to do, they had that meeting where they went out and spoke to Ben in L.A. And now he realizes when he made his comments initially, he may have felt, well, we'll have no, you know, we'll be able to trade him. They now realize that's going to be, be hard. They went out to L.A. Ben says he's not coming back. And Joel, as a mature, more politically sensitive person, is saying, what can I do to get this guy back? Because that's going to be part of my livelihood and the team's livelihood. And we have to get him to play for a period of time so that we can get fair value for him. I I get it. No, I get it, Bill. And sorry, I got to move on. I appreciate the call. But, like, okay, so so what is this doing? So now they're going to pit themselves and do the same thing the Mets are doing where it's going to be us versus them uh, us against the fans that's how he's trying to get back on Ben's good side is to 
you know, make the fans the enemy. I just, I don't, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. And I'm, I'm honestly surprised so many people are defending Joel Embiid on this. And maybe it's not all that surprising because Embiid is such a popular guy. And, and again, like, I, I'll, I'll continue to reiterate it. That's the part about it that bothers me so much is, you know, Philadelphia is a unique city. But it's a great sports town, and there's no doubt about that in my mind. Like, this is a great sports town with great fans that love these teams. And that's the thing. These players, they're just passing through. Like, these teams, we're fans of for life. You know, Ben Simmons is here. He'll be gone soon. He'll go somewhere else, and, you know, this will be a a short period in his life, just like it is for many athletes. But we're the ones who, you know, live and die with these teams. And, you know, certain athletes get that and certain athletes don't. I was a big Donovan McNabb fan, but Donovan was a guy who never really got the city. But the guys that do get it, we love the Chase Utleys and the Jimmy Rollins and the Allen Iversons. You know, these are the guys that... that truly, uh, you know, uh, understand and appreciate this city. We'll get the comments later from a guy like Zach Ertz, who, who, you know, had things going on with the organization, but, but loves Philadelphia and talked about how much he's excited for the link to be packed in, in the first game of this season. And, and what frustrates me more than anything and disappoints me more than anything is I thought Embiid was one of those guys that did understand it. And did appreciate the passion. The fact that we're not one of these markets that, you know, okay, we'll be happy when you're good. When you're bad, nobody will go to the games. You know, there's always attention. There's always, um, you know, entertainment. And, and people are always involved and and care about what's going on. And I thought Embiid understood that. But the fact that he'd go out and basically say, you know, these are bad fans here, and that's that's essentially what I took from it. When you say you got to be better, I think he's saying, you know, this is a bad fan base, and that that really bothers me coming from a guy who this fan base loves and and loves deeply. I'd say he's the most popular athlete in this town right now. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. If you want to get in, uh, all you guys on hold, stay there. We will get back to the phones right when we return. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio ninety four WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly. In for Big Daddy Graham on a Thursday morning. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Busy night talking about the Joel Embiid tweets from Wednesday. Um, And, you know, I'm a little surprised that uh, a lot of people seem to be taking Embiid's side on this. Now, I don't know, maybe I am one of these media members who's making too much out of a nothing situation, but I don't think it is. Like, And it just bothers me more than anything because I'm a fan just like fans are. Like, I, you know, that's the, the beauty of doing this job and not being like a beat reporter where you don't really have to check your fandom at the door. Like, I grew up in Philadelphia. I have the, you know, same history of fandom as everybody else does in this city and 
you know, the Sixers is a special group of fans, especially the people who, you know, went through the process and supported it. And, like, this was a, a fan base that has been supportive in a way that that is borderline insane. Like, let's be honest, where people took pride in losing and got fully behind an organization doing something that many organizations want to do what the Sixers did. They're too scared to. But they did it having faith that the fans would stick by. And the fans did stick by for years and years and years. And then the team underachieves in the playoffs. I mean, in a massive way. As I said earlier, nobody was picking them to lose the Atlanta Hawks. They shouldn't have lost that series. They underachieve on the floor. But then Danny Green says, fans got to be better. You can't you just, just support us. Basically what Pete Alonzo said a few weeks ago, just smile. You're watching baseball. Smile. Enjoy it. You know, and shut up. And Joel Embiid then goes on Twitter and says the fans need to be better. That we in some way are responsible for Ben Simmons and the team shortcomings. And I just, I think it's it's utterly ridiculous. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Peter and Lawrence. What's up, Peter? You know, I wasn't going to call until I heard Joe Embiid's comments. He is no Dr. J. Okay. It's pure and simple. It's just like saying Francisco Lindor is no Willie Mays. Well, I don't and think anybody's saying Francisco Lindor is Willie Mays, Peter. You wouldn't say, you wouldn't you wouldn't see Willie Mays saying what these guys have been saying now, would you? I don't believe so. I I, I no, don't believe that they're you not because these guys are not professional. But in my sixty years, I am older than you. It's a little probably bit. more. I've been to Europe. I've been to Europe as Europe well. Europe is laughing. Okay. But um, I just feel as if uh, Ben Simmons. You no, know, there's a girl I met who said Ben Simmons was supposed to go to Boston. I don't Boston think Boston doesn't want him. I don't because I don't, of his controversy. I don't think there are any. Uh, rep- I haven't seen those reports. But instead, well, but in, instead of causing trouble, you know, where is the ownership? This is. Lack of ownership. This is what you learn in small business management. This is what you learn in college. And sometimes I wonder if these guys ever really earned their degrees or went to class when they went to college before they got drafted. Well, I I hear you, Peter, and I appreciate the call. I, I, I just don't believe it's ever a good move to you know, turn against the fan base. And I don't know, this isn't complicated. Like, it just never plays out well, like, for for players ever. And in some instances, it may even be somewhat warranted. And that's the thing about this situation, is this situation, it's not warranted at all. Like, the fans were not, (laughs) were not bad to this team. Have not been bad to this team. For even though, over the last 20 years, they have been far and away the least successful organization in this city. It's it's not even close. I mean, you got the Eagles and Phillies, and then you got the Flyers who have been to a handful of conference finals and a couple Stanley Cup finals, and then you have the Sixers who have been to one NBA finals in 20 years, 
won Eastern Conference Finals in 20 years, have had some of the worst seasons imaginable with the tanking era. And now that they've come out of it, and we were sold and told that, you know, this team would would be ready to compete. And it's playoff failure after playoff failure, playoff disappointment after playoff disappointment. And we got to be better. We're the ones who are the responsible for Ben Simmons, you know, not wanting to be back. And it, it's, it's, it's just astonishing, astonishing to me the tone deafness, uh, especially from Embiid, who should know how it works around here. Let's go to John and Hazleton. What's up, John? You know what the real shame of it is? It's September. The Phillies are two games out of first place. It's 10 days until football season starts. And unfortunately, we got to be talking about these frauds because the Sixers are frauds. Ben Simmons is a fraud. Joel Embiid is a fraud. They're never going to win anything with this guy. And I've been, I don't even really call about the Sixers because I just, I, I've, I've, they're an unlikable. You said they're starting to become unlikable. To me, they've been unlikable. I've never liked Ben Simmons. He doesn't care about winning. He cares about making his money, dating his models, and being a socialite. That's what he cares about. Okay, what Joel Embiid did you know, with this nonsense today is, oh, the Philly fans need to be better. The Sixers get the biggest pass in that darn city, and it's not even close. Joel, you know what I mean? Like, they haven't – the second round is – you don't get no awards for making a second round in the NBA playoffs. No, this no, is, John, you're, you're right. And that was a series that nobody thought they were going to lose that series. Everybody thought, okay, well, you, that was the benefit of getting the one seed, that they are set up, and it's basically a free pass to the Eastern Conference Finals. They choked, they blew it, and now this is about them and the players and Joel Embiid not wanting to take responsibility. And, and here's another thing, man. The NBA, NBA players are the most coddled out of all the sports, and it's not even close, and you're seeing it. You're 100% seeing it. Seeing it. You are seeing it. They, they cry and whine. Oh, I don't want to play in Philly because it's they're tough fans and they're going to get down on me and they're haters. No. So here's the thing that these, here's the thing that the NBA players especially don't understand, and baseball players too to a certain extent, is the only reason they're making millions of dollars is because of the fans. See, that's the disconnect there. They don't realize if we, you know, if the fans didn't watch these games and buy the merchandise and, you know, pay for cable to watch, they wouldn't be making all this money. And that's where the disconnect comes in, in my opinion. The Sixers are very unlikable. I don't care. You know what I mean? I'm a four-for-four guy, but I'm Eagles, then Phillies, and then Sixers, Flyers. I'm not really into hockey, but this is a shame. Like I said, man, and, and look, and I've been on hold for over an hour, so I know it's good for the station. There's a lot of calls tonight, but it's a shame. We're in September. The Phillies are in the middle of a pennant, you know, pennant race for what it is, and the Eagles are 10 days away from starting the season with a new quarterback who I think Hurts gets the city a little bit. I like Jalen Hurts. I'm pulling for him. You know what I mean? Even Harper. I'm not the biggest Harper fan. I, do, I, I, I agree with you. I think he goes over the top with the fanatic and stuff, but he gets the city. You know what I mean? Ben, ben Simmons is a fraud. They're never going to win that with this team. And I'm just so – it's so – I was so sick when I heard Embiid say that because I said, now, you know, this is going to take attention away from the Phillies and the Eagles and talk about these frauds. But, TK, they're never going to win nothing. Mark my words on that. They're never going to win nothing with this core. Yeah, no, I, I hear you, John. I appreciate the call, man. I, thanks for hanging. I thank everybody for hanging tonight because there have been, uh, you know, a, a lot of calls and we're trying to get through everything here. But – yeah, I mean, and it is it is frustrating that we're, you know, needing to talk about this. But but when you have the most popular in athlete in the city, and I, there's no doubt about it. I mean, Joel Embiid is the most popular athlete in the city. Uh, I know Bryce Harper's having a great year, but 
let's face it. I mean, basketball is a bigger sport than baseball is, and Joel Embiid is a great personality. And he's a guy, and I don't know how many times i got to say it, but this is the thing that frustrates me the most is because we do love Joel Embiid, and we have supported Joel Embiid. But John had touched on something there that it is something with this organization, and we touched on it briefly earlier, but the culture that is created and that has been created in the scene. I've always kind of shrugged it off. I've talked about it with Al and, you know, uh, some other people about, well, the tanking has set a losing culture. And I've always kind of thought, oh, now it's just a couple of years, you know, that a lot of people from that era are gone. You create a new culture. But look at the two guys who were the face of that era, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. And time after time, they are two guys that refuse to take accountability. Like, and I love Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid does not take accountability uh, very well and does not take responsibility very well. And, you know, he's got to understand he is the leader of this team. And whether Ben Simmons is here or not, this is Joel Embiid's team. And John's right, or, or uh, a few callers go is right. Like, in the Toronto series, Joel Embiid failed that team. He was he was not in shape for that series. He was not ready to go every day, every, every game. And the Sixers lost that series in Game 4. You know, we talk about the Kawhi shot, but they had a Game 4 at home where they easily could have won, gone up 3-1, to one, and Joel Embiid didn't show up that day. You know, you look back at this past year, and yeah, Ben Simmons was terrible in that series, but... Joel had an atrocious second half in game four. And if you win game four and you go up 3-1, I don't think the Sixers lose three in a row. I mean, who knows? I I suppose they could have. But Joel Embiid doesn't want to take accountability. You know, he scapegoats Ben after the game. And now that that looks bad, now he wants to scapegoat the fans. Where's the accountability on himself? Ben Simmons, instead of wanting to take accountability for his performance and coming back and improving and getting better... He's never improved his game. He's never taken accountability for the fact that he, he needs to develop a shot. And now, instead of coming back after a disappointing year, facing the first real adversity that he's faced in his career, he wants to run away and go somewhere else. So accountability is a major issue with those two players, and it is certainly warranted to question whether, you know— a carryover from the process era has kind of contributed to uh, the mindset of, of certainly Simmons and Embiid. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Mike and Exton. What's up, Mike? Tom, I'm confused. You have to clarify me. I hear, I hear a lot. The Sixers are a better team with Ben Simmons. Is that the month before the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, Mike, I, I think – they are a better team with Ben Simmons in the regular season, but he is not a player that, that is very good in the postseason. Correct, and that's when it matters. Number two, it is not your – I think the Sixers have the best fans in this city. That's just me. Um, certainly, the most supportive, just, certainly the most supportive, Mike. Correct. Number two, it is not just the Sixers. Let's remember when Mr. Reese Hoskins said – uh, print nice things, and he's the leader of the Phillies, supposedly, besides Bryce Harper. Right. 
Yeah, and we we, we ripped Reese Hoskins for that as well. Yeah. Are you there, Mike? And number, yeah. yeah, Tom, are you there? Yeah, I got you. And finally, well, you got to remember, when I was booing Mike Schmidt ferociously, fans are very, very much uh, financially invested in these games now. Um, we weren't gambling. Now they're gambling. So they're, they might get upset. I don't think Sixers fans got that upset at the Sixers. Yeah, no, I hear you, Mike, and and I, like I understand why team like fans would be upset after a series like that, but in game, like I, I don't think the support for this team was was bad at all. Uh, let's go to our buddy Esam. What's up, Esam? What's up, TK? How are you? Not bad, man. What's happening? Hey, I'm, I'm all right. I haven't called in a couple of months. Um, I wanted to go go straight to. I'm I'm not agreeing with on a lot of things because I think a lot of things can be true at the same time. Simmons fell, and B was greatly unsupportive, and Doc Rivers was unsupportive of him, given that press conference loss right after the loss of Game Seven. Understandably so. Um, also, Ben had made a comment, and then he makes a comment this past week through his agent or whatever, and then and B's finally given an opportunity to talk, and I think that. I think Embiid still handled it wrong, but I don't think that you're taking everything in the proper context. And I think you should read every one of the tweets online over the air so that people can read it in order and get the gist of everything he's saying. Because the primary thing he was discussing wasn't the fans. The primary thing he was discussing to start off was the report that was out there that was saying that the Sixers had the truth between Embiid and Simmons. That was the primary thing he was talking about, about the media taking things out of context and trying to use Helm as a scapegoat for why Ben is gone. Even if that could be true that he started some of these things in motion, his tweet had to do with this quote-unquote source coming out and, and reporting something that he thought wasn't true. Right. And then his final context or his final comment was, and fans, y'all can be better too. Like, that's the last thing he said. And but it wasn't even – and, and, and he also did post that thing from the guy, Mad Mike, and everything. And Mad Mike's calling him fat and calling them other kind of names like consultants. But the biggest thing, because you want to ask everybody how can the fans be more supportive, but what can they do? Talk about it. You had a caller, like two calls ago, John was saying, like, the Phillies are in a pennant race and all of that. I remember during the playoff run, or even before the season ended, the Sixers were the ones for most of the year. People were calling and talking about the Phillies starting off the year, like 2-0, and 3-0, and talking about Carson Wentz, while the Sixers were the best team in the year. So the Sixers didn't have any of the fans support. I called your show several times, and, and during the playoffs, I said, Kid, can we stop talking about the Phillies while they're under 500? But we got a team right now going to the playoffs with championship contention and championship aspirations. Well, Isan, well, in the playoffs, we were talking about the Sixers plenty. But, you know, coming down the stretch at the end of an NBA season – Let's face it, it's a pretty boring time. I mean, the Sixers were playing a lot of bad teams. They were, you know, hanging on to the one seed. There wasn't a lot of storyline to talk about with them at that point. All right, but, but we make up storylines to talk about the field. I, I heard one of the guys speak comparing well, the, Bryce Harper to Barry Bonds. Like, it just. Well, there are games. The difference is there are games every day. I mean, the Phillies were playing every day. Right, I get that. But the Sixers were playing pretty often during the stretch, trying to, trying to hold on to the ones when the Nets were making their push and the Milwaukee was making their push 
and the conversation with just going to Carson Wentz all the time, going to the Phillies all the time. And they were, and I think that they're a team that they probably are Eagles, Eagles first in Philly, and maybe the Phillies, and then the Sixers. But it just seems, man, Tom, it just seems unfair sometimes some of the, the stuff. And I don't think that his main thing was at the fans being these bad people. He said, and y'all can be better too. And I think that that needs to be focused on, that he, in context, was saying, like, y'all boo, y'all do this and do that, but you can also be supportive. You play a role. And you also set the narrative on how things are talked about on this show. But, but I he... think you're a good dude, and I think you set, you set up context and conversations really well. But I think that as a whole, the stations don't talk about the Sixers in a way that they should. They're probably one of the most successful teams in the city the last few years. Like, we give the Phillies passion. They don't make the playoffs. Like, they don't make the playoffs at all. The Sixers have been making the playoffs. Isa, but, but that's where I'm yeah. confused about. First of all, I can, I can tell you, we're not told what to talk about or what to say. Like, I, I can guarantee you that I have total free reign over what I say, and everybody has that same right. But, like, right. What, what pass do the Phillies get on this station? The Phillies get crushed on this station constantly. Yeah, but they, they get crushed because, like you said, they get, get talked about more often, but they also get a pass. Oh, they haven't won anything in a very long time. And they're still holding on to 2008, right? They're still holding on to this championship that happened 13 years ago, whatever. And rightfully so, they're more successful in recent history than the Sixers. But it's just much more scrutiny. The Sixers have gone further than the Phillies have ever gone. I, I mean, the last few years. It's just, it seems like there's an unfair narrative going out. That's all. And I'm not saying it's all racial, but it does feel like a shut up and dribble situation sometimes. With certain athletes and yeah. with others, it's not. And I don't think that this was about the fans. This was more about the media reporting a narrative that Joel hadn't been talking about and that Ben hadn't been commenting about either. And it all was in their face this week with the Rich Paul situation and Ben Simmons finally saying he wants out of here. Yeah, no, I got you, Isan, and I appreciate the call. I just totally disagree with the, the like, this is not shut up and dribble. Like, that's not what this is. I'm sorry. And. You know, I, I, if you're talking about social issues, you're talking about real important issues. Because let's face it, this is sports. This is much more trivial. Players should speak out. I've always said that. This is not what this is about. And making it about that, I think, is is just making making this about something that it's not. I mean, you can go to Joel Embiid's Twitter page and judge it however you would like. And maybe I'm seeing it differently than other people are. When he is, when he is reposting a phone call from Mad Mike to Joe Giglio, like I think that's co- and after he says in the tweet prior, fans got to be better. Am I wrong, Dan? I think that's him calling out the fans. Shouldn't he be a prime example, by the way, of that call happened in I think it was February of 2020. Yeah, it was after he shushed the crowd. After he shushed the crowd, and that was not the peak of Joel Embiid's career, and he followed it up with an MVP season. Like, should he not be living proof that fans voiced their displeasure with him? He perhaps wasn't pleased that he was getting booed, and he actually came back into the best season of his entire career. Like, not all situations where players get booed are bad. It doesn't mean that athlete 
is hated, what are fans supposed to do? Like cheer and say you'll get him next time? Right, and it's like, and and <laughs> it's like Mad Mike, he can call Rip and B tomorrow. It'll be Roseman, then it'll be Wentz, and then it'll be Sirianni. He does that to somebody different every day. Well, that's what that's what the video doesn't tell you is yeah, that that's an everyday occurrence. That's yeah. not like it's not like representative of the entire fan base, and Embiid posting that call. It's the vocal minority, if you will. Right. Yeah. And I wouldn't even say, like, minority. I would say extreme, minuscule. Uh, like, island of one. Yeah. Right. Like, and that's disingenuous. Like, it's totally disingenuous, because the way I, I interpreted it is that was Joel Embiid, you know, kind of trying to make a point that, that call was representative of the entire fan base. That's just not true. See, when he just retweeted it, I took it. I actually thought it was, if he had just retweeted that call from today, I would have thought that was kind of funny because this we've seen him be do this before. He retweets trash talk because he thinks it's funny and it's like, hey, I've proved the haters wrong kind of thing. I think that would have been fine. When he went on to say the fans need to be better, I mean, the only other way this could have been taken, and I don't give Joel Embiid a pass if this is what he meant because he needs to pick his words a little bit better if this is the case. The only other way it could have been taken is if you read all of the tweets and he somehow meant the fans need to be better for not buying into the so-called media narratives that he claims are fake. That would be the only other way I could view this, and I don't think that's what happened here either. I'm simply just providing what could possibly be another cop-out to get out of this. And also, like... I don't think the media narratives or whatever and what's being reported, I don't think it is fake. Like, well, that's just it. They're all – the majority you would like to think are rooted in truth. People build up integrity. People aren't just pulling things out of thin air. Obviously, the stuff that's been reported about Ben Simmons not wanting to be here, it seems like it's true. And you know what? If these guys are so appalled by the fake things that are being written, they could speak themselves and correct it. But right. – Instead of just saying, oh, it's fake, don't believe everything you read. And then when Ben Simmons isn't here and walks his way out of town, well, maybe it was true. Right. I mean, Joel can be mad at the fans. He can be mad at the media. But I don't see Ben Simmons anywhere coming out to refute any of these reports. No. I don't see Rich Paul coming out refuting any of these reports. This was a history of doing this. Like the last time this was reported, he got Anthony Davis out of New Orleans. I think it would make a lot more sense. That and and you know and this is the thing. Joel is a very smart guy, and I think he kind of probably knows what's really going on here. I think it makes more sense that Rich Paul and Ben are the ones leaking this information. You yeah, know? the information isn't just being brought no, from like, nowhere. <laughs> Keith Pompey isn't just making this stuff up just for the fun of it. He's not. Like, there's no doubt. Keith Pompey isn't just saying, you know what I can do today? I can make up a story. Read an entire about- article about how Ben Simmons doesn't want to be here. He's going to sit out of training camp. And then when he actually shows up to training camp and none of it's true, it'll be like, yeah, I just, I was entirely wrong. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and we'll, we'll get back to this when we back. John, Tony, Jeff, promise I'll get all you guys uh, right up in the next segment. And then you. And also next hour, we'll also hear from a guy who does get it. Uh, in this city, uh, an eagle finally spoke, broke his silence uh, on Wednesday. So we'll get to that as well in this 4 o'clock hour. 215-592-9494. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you on a Thursday morning. And 
sitting here during the break, I can't stop looking out our window here at the Schuylkill River because I mean, we've been working here for about a year and a half is when we moved over from 4th and Market. I've lived in this city for a while and used to go down to like the Schuylkill Trail and uh, go for, for runs there and stuff. I've never seen this river this high before. It's, I mean, Dan, this is crazy. I I think we're going to need the kayak home. I mean, I'm kind of not kidding. Like, it's pretty close to the road. Yeah, it's 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 kind of kind of scary. I mean, you know, I saw uh, John Johnson had tweeted out that the Schuylkill walkway down there is like completely flooded. So with water, some of the videos, like I got a buddy in Ambler who basically like the water is like waist high in the street. Oh my god. Some of these photos of the or the videos of the tornadoes in Jersey. It it was a nasty storm with a lot of aspects of mother nature kind of all thrown into one. Yeah. And you're right, we're not used to seeing this kind of weather, especially in the northeast. No. And I I personally got pretty fortunate I think uh, about where I'm located because I'm in Glenside and there was a you know, a tornado that hit in Willow Grove and Horsham, which is right where I grew up, right near Glenside. So I was fortunate there. Ambler is near there as well. And um, if flooding's that bad there, I I think I got pretty lucky. I mean, I had a a couple inches of water in the basement that I guess, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how to take care of it, but (laughs) you're going to figure it out. Maybe this is just because we don't get it often in the Northeast. Like Mother Nature is obviously a really weird thing to think about, like how snow formulates, how rain formulates. I can't even begin to grasp like how a tornado starts. Like it's just wind that kind of just spins in a tight circle and moves. Like yeah. I don't even, and like and you can see the wind, like it's a darker wind. Like I can't even like does anyone really know what a tornado is other than not great to be near it? Well, I am not a uh, meteorologist, so I can't give you that exactly. Like can you even conceptualize but... what a tornado is? Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's definitely crazy looking. There's some videos on Twitter uh that I saw, so uh, check those out, but yeah, crazy day of weather. Hopefully everybody's holding up okay out there. Uh, 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. All night we've been talking about this Sixer situation. And this organization that just continues to to be extremely frustrating. And, you know, we had all the Ben Simmons news the day before about him demanding a trade and threatening to sit out training camp and, you know... (laughs) The Tyrese Maxey part of it, where Rich Paul also wants Tyrese Maxey out of Philadelphia, get the hell out of here. And if I'm Tyrese Maxey right now, I'm I'm getting a new agent. If my agent wants to use me as a pawn in his negotiations dealing with his other client, then he doesn't have my best interest at heart because I think everybody would pretty much agree from the basketball sense. If Ben Simmons was traded, that would open up um, a lot more opportunities for Tyrese Maxey in Philadelphia. But then on Wednesday, you get these tweets from Joel Embiid. And he starts out ripping the media, basically saying the media is trying to divide the team and and whatever. I mean, I don't believe Keith Pompey is reporting anything that's not true personally. But then Joel Embiid makes it about the fans. And he says the fans have to be better. And he posts a, a video of a phone call from a year and a half ago where – uh, a caller is calling into Joe Giglio's show and ripping Embiid. And, and like, it, it's so frustrating to me. The, the, the fact that this team 
and this team that has been supported more than any, like, uh, in in the entire country, I don't know if you can find a fan base that is stuck by a team through more crappy times. I mean, no success, literally very little success in the last 20 years. They haven't been to a conference final since 2001. And the fans need to be better. The Sixers don't need to be better. I mean, forget, they blew an 18-point lead in Game 4. And Joel Embiid went, what, 0 for 12 in the second half? They blew a 26-point lead on their home floor in Game 5. They lost a Game 7 on their home floor with an opportunity to close that series out. But no, the fans got to be better. Just like Danny Green said, you know, encourage us. You know, stick by us. The fans stuck by this team to the bitter end. And uh, I'm sorry, you heard a few boos after you blew Game 5 and you lost Game 7. What a horrible fate the Sixers suffered. But don't make this about the fans. And the fact that Joel Embiid did that is, is, uh, is really disgraceful and upsetting. Because the fact of the matter is, if Ben Simmons really does want out, and he wants to be gone. It has much more to do with Joel Embiid than it has to do with the fans. Like, this is not about the fans. This is not the reason why this team is falling apart and why this offseason has been an unmitigated disaster. It's about, you know, the, the collapse in the playoffs and the comments that were made after Game 7. And if Joel Embiid wants to blame anybody for this situation, he can blame himself for saying this after Game 7. Man, uh, I'll be honest. Um, I thought the turning point was, uh, uh, you know, when uh, we, um, I don't know how to say it, um, but I thought the turning point was just, you know, we had uh, an open shot and, you know, we missed, uh, we made one free throw and uh, we missed the other and then they came down and scored. Uh, and there it is. Like, that was Joel Embiid throwing Ben Simmons under the bus. And that he had no problem scapegoating Ben Simmons now. And now he wants to scapegoat the fans because he looks bad for that comment. And, you know, they're just – it's just a losing mentality within this organization. Nobody wants to take accountability, so yeah, blame the fans. That's the new thing uh, that, you know, we mocked the Mets for it, and now I guess the Sixers are going to do it. You know what? It's, it's really frustrating. Because the fans in this city are, are pretty good ones. And um, if, if these guys go and play somewhere else, maybe they'll understand that someday. Uh, but they really take it for granted, especially this organization that has put their fans through a ton of crap. And they've supported them pretty much every step of the way. 215-592-9494. Let's go to John. John, thanks for hanging, man. Hey, Tom. How's it going? Good. How are you? Hi. Good, thanks. I have two quick comments about this. I'm an old-school guy. I've been an NBA fan since 1980. And these prima donnas get away with so much stuff. Can you imagine back in the day with Bird, Magic, Jordan? they call these guys out. Ben Simmons would have got called out on that series. I remember in 84 when the Celtics played the Lakers and they were playing very soft. Bird called out his teammate, and that's when McHale, remember, with the uh, – the choke. Uh-huh. Yep. And the, got the fight going, and Bird would call himself as the leader when he was playing. Terrible. Magic. And beat is the leader. I remember when 
um, Bird played the Hawks, and the Hawks were up three games to two. Celtics won down in Atlanta. Bird made that comment. They're not winning in my house. They had a chance. These athletes are so pampered today. They should have called Simmons out that whole series. Yeah, and, I mean, and John, that's that's the thing. Is like the fans were supportive of Simmons during that series. If Simmons yes. would get fouled, he'd go to the line. They're giving him a standing ovation. They're not booing him. I mean, they're not doing anything anything they shouldn't be doing in that situation. Even if you boot him, I mean, that's their right. But like, yep. I don't understand what Joel Embiid and Danny Green saw that 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 was so reprehensible from the Sixers fans. I, I don't either. I don't either. I mean. The guy had a terrible series. I mean, the fans were very supportive, and that's how they are. They're pampered now. I, I just It just gets me so irritated that, you know, you, you can't even step up as a leader and, and call on your teammates or you get bashed. But the fans can get bashed for booing the players. Yeah, no, I, I got you, John, and I appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. And that's, that's you know, booing is part of sports. Like, this is part of being a professional athlete, okay? You're paid very well. And I'm usually not one of these guys that, oh, these athletes, they get paid so much, they should just shut up. And I'm not, you know, if they want to comment about important issues, by all means, they should have that right. They do have that right, and and I encourage athletes to do that. And a couple callers have called in alluding to that as far as uh, telling them to shut up and dribble. That's not what this is. This is, is not that at all. In professional sports, though, when you are compensated like that, if you are not performing and your team is not performing and your team loses a big game, you're going to get booed. That's not unique to Philadelphia either. Like, this is another problem that I have with the whole situation is that, you know, the players on this team making this out, and this really goes back to what Danny Green said about, I hope this really changes in this city. Like, other cities don't boo. If you lose, and you you lose in disappointing fashion, like the Sixers did, you're going to get booed. And you deserve to get booed. And you know what? You man up and you deal with it. Like, it's going to happen. And this is, like, and people rip Donovan McNabb, and I get Donovan wasn't the thickest-skinned guy, but... You know, there was the draft issue, but other than that, I don't remember Donovan McNabb crying every week about getting booed. Like, he'd go out and he'd deal with it. I mean, it's not like he'd pull the, the Wentz or the Simmons treatment where, oh, you're a little mean to me, I'm demanding a trade. You deal with it. And this is how it is. Like, you're going to get booed when you underperform. That's a fan's right. And, you know, if you want to go and not have fans and and – you know, not have that gate, and you want to go play in the bubble, then, you know, by all means, if, if that's what you prefer, um, I maybe that's what players do prefer these days. Maybe they enjoy playing uh, in an environment where there aren't fans. But I know when the Sixers are winning, they seem to enjoy playing at the Wells Fargo Center, and they seem to appreciate those fans. It's not the way it works. It's a two-way street. It's not just support us all the time and be happy when we win and give us all this adulation when we win, but you're not allowed to criticize us when we lose. That's my biggest issue with who was it on the Eagles last year who, after they got out to a slow start, said, if you're not with us now, like, don't join us. I forget. Um, I don't know why I want to say it might have been Fulgham, which is ironic that now he is not even on. I mean, he's on the practice squad, but whoever it was. 
when and athletes say that all the time. I was just using an example. Right. Like people criticizing the team, that's not not being with you. Like I that's my biggest issue with athletes today saying, well, like, oh, you're not with us. When you're booing, you're not with us. No, they're very much with you. They showed up, and they don't like the way you're playing. But I don't understand what you expect, like, for you to get accolades when you're not playing well. So don't play the role of the victim when your team isn't playing well and say, well, if you're not with us now, if you're not supporting us now, if you don't believe in us now, are we supposed to come out here and say, wow, we really believe in the Phillies when they're six games out and everything's going poorly? Or we really believe in the Sixers when they blow a 26-point lead to the Hawks and then lose in Game 7? We're supposed to believe in Ben Simmons, who has wronged us time and time again. Like, I just don't know what they expect. And to your point about the fans, I think they like it when they're cheered. I think most players would they say they love it. They, w- they would enjoy they enjoy fans. And to your point about Danny Green and why I would actually give a little bit of pushback that the process is at all to blame for this, Danny Green was not here during the days of the process. He came from back-to-back-to-back NBA Finals winners, whether it was with the Raptors, whether it was with the Lakers, whoever. This guy seems to love it when he wins, and the second he's on a team that faces some adversity and does not win, then he thinks that fans are turning on them. Like, Newsflash, Danny Green. You don't get to win the finals every year. Right. Like, that's not how it works. And it, it's a two-way street, like like you said. It's part of the job you're, description. You're, when you when you win and you perform well, you get the adulation and you'll love it and it'll be great. But when you lose and you you underperform, yeah, you're going to deal with some booze. That's that's part of the business. Uh, let's go to Tony in the Northeast. What's up, Tony? Hey, Tony. Tony, you there? Hello. Hi, Tony. This isn't Tony. Okay. Uh, is Tony there? No. Okay. Uh, well, they didn't, ask, they didn't ask my name, so I didn't give my name. Oh, okay. Well, what's your name? My name is Cindy, and I'm calling from Pottstown. Okay. Well, how are you doing, Cindy? Well, I was fine until I turned the radio on it and listened to all the BS, par for the course for uh, WIP. Um, with all the negativity on this station, it's no wonder people boo. It's no wonder uh, players try to defend themselves. It's really sad how negative. It doesn't matter what uh, schedule, what uh, shift I listen to. In the morning, at 10 o'clock, at 2 o'clock, at 6 o'clock. You know, there are like maybe three or four DJs that have some sensibility and uh, I don't want to say compassion, but they're civilized. But, you know, Joelle and Beat might not necessarily be talking even about the booing uh, a year and a half later. It might be that uh, somebody tipped him off. Listen to uh, talk radio. Listen to the uh, sports channel. You know, every flipping call is negativity negativity because initially when i first heard about ben simmons i figured okay not everybody is uh, you know hard shelled like a turtle you know uh some people take things personally but why did they wait five years if he's not shooting and that was part of his you know position mm-hmm. i would say you'd have to blame the, the coach manager whoever well what about what about the player i mean isn't it his responsibility to improve his craft well like you said 
that uh, maybe a year or two back they were. Hello? Well, indeed. And uh, saying how what he ate and he was heavy and yada, yada. And till it's all said and done, um, I believe I'm hearing where he's improving. Change doesn't happen overnight. So, I mean, I hear but, where he's improving. But, Cindy, if, with, with Ben Simmons, it's been five years, and he hasn't why, improved. Why do you keep him for five years if he's not improving, if he's not well, learning what you want them to do? Well, that that's a question for the organization. But from a fan's perspective, you say people are so negative. Do you understand why fans would be frustrated by a player who has not improved in five years? I was shocked from the fact that I used to watch sports when I was in school. I watched sports when my kids were active in sports. And I, I just think Philadelphia is uncivilized. You know, maybe other uh, cities, you know, they do boo. But, I mean, there's so many other options, other adjectives you can use instead of that. You know, if your player is not doing well, you can yell, no, you can say, stop, you know, but uh, boo gets the point across and it really cuts to the core. And, I didn't know uh, booing was that offensive. I didn't, I thought that was a more polite way. I mean, it's not like people oh, are yelling Kevin, obscenities at, at the, at the player. I would say booing is the equivalent to obscenities. Really? It's telling them that they are really, really losers. And the only thing I will agree, the only thing, and I'm old, um, I've known Howard Eskin, you know, I've listened to him from 40 years ago. I listened to my parents badmouth him. I listened to my late husband badmouth him. He is, talk about a fraud, you know. But Joe Allen Bede never said the fans were frauds, jokes, morons. He said they got to get better. Dope. Because his wording is all the difference in the world. Yeah, and- I know. I get you, Cindy, and I appreciate the call. But, but again, like, why do the fans need to get better? What, what, what do the fans need to do differently? The players need to perform better. If you perform better, you won't get booed. And, and – like this is this is this happens everywhere. This is not unique to Philadelphia, and you know if if you think there's a lot of negativity, I mean, <laughs> not even unique to sports. Go ask a stand-up comedian or a musician or anyone who's in show business, which is basically what sports is. What happens when you don't perform well? Yeah, and, and like when there's not positive things to talk about, we'll, we'll you know there's going to be some negativity. There's plenty of positivity on the station. I just I don't agree with that. I, I really well, don't. apparently people should just yell no instead of boo yeah. because booing is like cursing out the player. Yeah, I've never heard that one before. No, I, I, I personally don't agree with that. But Cindy is certainly entitled to her opinion there. Let's get Jeff in the airport in here to clear the board off. What's up, George? Uh, Jeff, sorry. TK. What's up, man? Uh, where, where, where do we start? Where do we end? Uh, there's, so, there's so many things uh, we could say. Uh, one of your callers, Peter, talked earlier about college. He didn't come out with a clear, concise uh, point. But I think he was trying to say, if you went to college, I took a business course. What was the one foundation that they tell you about your customer? The customer is always right. Now, I've learned that to a degree, you can't be physically uh, and belligerent to someone else and expect to have a successful business. I think these players are forgetting the fans are up there with stakeholders with investors 
you know, if you think about the process that the process that we have to go through to get to a stadium to see you play in the stadium versus those guys wake up at 12 o'clock, roll over, go warm up, practice. They're at their job already. And let me let me say this for those who talk about uh, uh, well, indeed, it wasn't us who didn't who scored a donut in the Toronto series. That was unbelievable. It wasn't uh, it wasn't us. It was Shaq and Barkley that was telling him he needed to get better. His own peers were telling wait, him to get wait, better. Which at the time, Jeff, he thanked them for. It, it, yeah. It, it, but, and 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 now it's it's back on us. So let's get to the other people that said. Uh, we don't get players to sign here. Well, if I'm not mistaken, Tobias resigned here, uh, Embiid resigned here, Simmons resigned here, and even the dope that said um, we we're bad fans, Danny Green, he resigned here. Yeah, so- right, right. <laughs> no, that's a good point, Jeff. And yeah, I mean, that, and that that just tells you, like, if you pay the money, players will sign, and fans are not. That that's the, like the most overrated thing to me is like oh the fans are the reason Philadelphia is not getting any free agents. No, it's that first of all the Sixers don't have the money to just give a guy give a free agent right now. And Correct. you know if if you have the money to pay a player will come if you pay him enough they'll go anywhere. It's, it's a vicious is a vicious circle that if management isn't doing right they're not going to bring in the players and if the players are not doing well on the court no other players want to come here. Now another caller said we don't get players to come back here well from what i found out Deshaun jackson came back here iverson left and came back here right uh jeremiah trotter left and came back here so uh westbrook wanted to retire uh an eagle after leaving here so deuce daily left uh and came back here we do get our, our people back some of these people are painting and, and we do the, the the broad brush thing and we, we, we have to worry about that. Now, let me hear what the, uh, Danny said about we have a bad culture as bad fans. He said something about us cheering when someone is hurt. We've never done that. Um, Michael Irvin, he realized that the fans weren't cheering when he went down. They were really clapping. And in the moment, it was a good play they were clapping for. But we weren't cheering that the, the dude got hurt. And there was, also, there was also something Dion was doing, like a dance or something. And a prayer. Doing. But let me and, – and real quick, one caller called in and said, we – are uh, uh, throwing stuff at the players. But he never said Boston, the dude threw a water bottle and was ejected. And the Knicks, one of the uh, fans from the second row, spit over the first row to spit on Trey Young. Right. But he never brought that up. Yeah, somebody nut, some nut threw some popcorn on Westbrook. He had the right to get upset. But these guys, they need to understand the fans are usually right. It's 15 of them and 15 million of us. They have to watch, but we have the time. We're going to be here. No, I hear you, Jeff, and good call, and I appreciate it. And, yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's not – and I – obviously, guys shouldn't throw things on the floor. That wasn't hap- – like, players weren't having things thrown at them. Like, and Danny Green said that, like, oh, you know, uh, fans throwing things and, and we're not, we're not you know, circus performers. Who threw anything at a Sixers player the night of Game 7? There was the Russell Westbrook incident where a guy dumped popcorn on him, and he was universally, you know, universally pretty much condemned by everybody. Like, that is something everybody agrees is wrong. That's not what I think Joel Embiid and Danny Green are really talking about, though. 
they're talking about they don't think that there should be criticism. That That's the way I take it, is that, okay, we want you to cheer, and we want to be lauded, and we want to get the applause and, and the adulation when we perform well, but when we perform, perform badly, just just stay quiet and don't 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 talk about that. Talk about when we're doing well, but when we're not doing well, you know, just stick by us. And that I'm sorry, that's not how sports work. That's not how sports have ever worked. That's not how fans operate. That's not how fans think. And that's never going to change. If you perform poorly and your team loses a series, you should absolutely win, and you lose it in embarrassing fashion, like the Sixers did. You're going to get criticized. That's not going to change. Write about the good things too, Tom. Yeah. Remember to do that. Right. Reese, Reese with uh, wanting us to write about all the good things too. 215-592-9494. Seth, Paul, we'll get you both you guys when we get back. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly. With you for another couple segments here. Talking about the Sixers stuff most of the night. But I did want to mention the Phillies gained a little bit of ground. They are a half game closer in the National League East. Braves lose to the Dodgers. Dodgers rally back to beat Atlanta in the bottom of the eighth inning. Trailed 3-2. to two, Come back. They beat the um, the Atlanta Braves 4-3. to three. So the um, Phillies now two games back in the NL East. And some, somehow... They have a legitimate shot still to make the postseason at 68 and 64. Two behind the Braves in the East in the wild card. Phillies two and a half back of the Cincinnati Reds. So the division definitely the uh, probably easier route to go here. And they finish up their series with the Nationals Thursday before facing the Marlins the next three days. Do you know who's, who's pitching Thursday, Dan? For the Phillies, it's Nola still. Uh, Nola? Yeah, okay. it'll be Nola versus Paolo Espino for the Nationals, I believe, is the matchup. Pretty even. Okay, you're a big baseball guy. What What are your feelings? Are you? Do you think they're going to be able to get this thing done? So, no. But here's my Phillies take that I arrived at yesterday, which is that the sum of all – this has been a very messy season. A lot of highs, a lot of lows, a lot of infuriating stretches. They had a winning streak there. If you had to ask me right now, will they make the playoffs, the answer is no. But – that does not change the fact that if you asked me at the beginning of the season, if you scrapped the first five months, if you told me, no look, deal with the devil, the Phillies would be two games out on the second day of September behind the Atlanta Braves in the National League East, I would have signed on the dotted line in an eye blink. Agreed. Like, they are in a better spot than I thought they would be. I didn't think they were a playoff team at the beginning of the year. They have had, they've now battled some injuries, some COVID IL stuff a number of losses that are frankly inexcusable to bad teams. And this team should be in the lead in the National League East. And quite frankly, it's going to be more inexcusable at the end of the season when, in my opinion, they don't do it. I'm not emotionally buying back in per se where I'm going to be like let down again. I mean, I watch the team pretty consistently regardless of how they're playing. But this is absolutely a situation I would have signed up for. And I actually can't believe that as poorly as they've played, they are right there, and they still, once again, have no excuse to not do it. I don't like the schedule argument because we know this team plays down to their opponents, but they have some like AAA teams coming up. They, there is literally zero excuse to not get this done. Yeah, so we'll see. Hopefully the Phillies 
uh, can get it done, but they'll finish the series with the Nats on Thursday afternoon. And out west, the Dodgers have moved in front of the Giants. I mean, <laughs> poor Gabe Kapler. He's, at this point, 35 games over 500, and he's probably not going to win his division and be subject to a one-game playoff. So, uh, you know, unfortunate for the Giants and the Dodgers just continue. You mentioned it briefly. Could you imagine a one-game Phillies-Giants playoff? Oh, it would be amazing. Playoff? It would be amazing. Joe Girardi managing against Gabe Kapler? I, I just don't see the Phillies getting a second wild card. Oh, I don't either. I think the division is actually the easier route. Because once you start jumping multiple teams and they have the games in hand. Oh, here's another Phillies take for you. As good or as bad as they play, in all likelihood, those last three games – against the Braves are going to matter, and they're going to be in this till the end. I well, hopefully. I mean, we still have a while to go We do. I, I, I have a feeling. I don't think they're going to win it, but I do think the games will matter. Well, that would be that would certainly be fun. 215-592-9494 uh, if you want to get in. Let's go to Seth and Darby. What's up, Seth? Hey, what's going on, TK? Morning, buddy. How's it going, man? Pretty good, man. Yo, you weren't lying about the Schuylkill, man. That thing's up high, almost over 76. Isn't it crazy? I, I was looking out during the break. And, like, Dan and I were just talking about it. It's it's higher now than it was when we started the show. It's crazy. Yeah, man, I'm working over here. I'm a union carpenter. I'm working over near the uh, Children's Hospital. I just walked over the bridge, man. It's over be- the railroad tracks, everything. Yeah, be careful out there, man. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. So uh, just to touch on this Ben Simmons and this negativity of the Philadelphia fans. So, I mean, people don't understand. I mean, maybe they do, maybe they don't. We're intelligent here in Philly. We know our sports. So when we call players out and call things out that we see, we're not being negative. We're just speaking the truth. Even our media knows things. Like when, you know, Ben was arguing with, uh, the, I don't know, I, I forget her name, Bynum or whatever, arguing with her about, oh, well, how did I do on Trey Young? You know, like it's just. Oh, right, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of the, the, the disrespect people think that we're like that you know we're, we're definitely not like that but just to get to the Ben Simmons thing man all this whole offseason he keeps his mouth closed he ain't talking to nobody he ain't returning calls supposedly and now all of a sudden he comes out and says he wants to be traded like I just feel like he's a little female dog with the way he's acting man I mean you ain't done nothing for us in five years and you have the nerve to say you want out I just I just feel some type of way about that TK well, yeah, I mean, I, I think the way Ben Simmons is handling this has been, you know, embarrassing. And and the fact that he's making himself out to be a victim, he's not a victim here. And that part of it is is ridiculous. I have a problem with that, and I have a problem with Embiid, you know, coming out and basically trying to, trying to put it on the fans. Um, you know, I think I, this team has a major – has a major problem with their two quote unquote stars and, and yeah the Simmons thing is 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 ridiculous Seth I mean the fact that he would be demanding a trade the organization the fan base has not mistreated him and and I don't really get it yeah I agree a hundred percent man yep. well uh, well I appreciate that was it. about it man uh, I listen to you every morning dude keep doing what you're doing you're you're the best in the biz man well, keep well, it up thank you Seth I appreciate it and yeah I mean you you look at the Simmons situation like I get wanting a trade like that 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 is the case with a lot of players in the last segment we will play you some sound from Zach Ertz because Zach Ertz spoke on uh, on Wednesday and he handled things like a professional would handle it and there's no secret Zach Ertz and the Eagles went through some acrimonious times in the offseason where he wasn't happy with 
his contract situation and and he wanted to be elsewhere and he didn't like the way the Eagles negotiated and and there were disagreements there was a whole thing last year in training camp where Ertz and Howie had some sort of you know blow up on the sideline and there was a lot to repair there but Zach Ertz is treating this like a professional Ben Simmons could treat treat it the same way but he's not and you know the and I brought it up last night and it it strikes me every time is like the similarities between the Ben Simmons situation and the Carson Wentz situation are striking when you look at two guys who really did not deal with a lot of criticism early on in their careers here and were given I think a lot of adulation very quickly uh, certainly Wentz, after 2017, he was basically beyond reproach and beyond criticism. Uh, first little bit bit of criticism he gets, and all of a sudden he wants to run away and leave town. Ben Simmons, very similarly. People had, you know, some people had talked about his need to get a shot, but there were a lot of people, myself included, who defended Ben Simmons and said, no, he's, he's a great player. Look at all this other stuff that he does. He can be very effective playing the role that he plays and doing the things that he does. Now, in the Atlanta series, when it becomes evident that, yeah, no, it's not going to work that way, that he does need to improve, that he does need to learn how to take foul shots, that, you know, he does need to expand his game, and he gets criticized for it, he wants to run away and leave town. And I look at both those guys, and and we joke about the Philly guy thing, but, you know, certain athletes just – aren't cut out to play here. And I think in Simmons and Wentz, you're seeing two guys that, that both just are not cut out to play um, in this city, even though these are things that would be get criticized everywhere. Um, but the, the, the fact that any sort of criticism just makes you kind of fold uh, is, is, is not the, is not something that's going to be sustainable here in Philadelphia. One more similarity. One would argue that they actually both need to get a shot, uh, different kinds of shots. Well, yeah, yeah. Th- there you go. <laughs> uh, the, the, I was actually going to ask, has Ben Simmons surpassed, or maybe he already was, like Carson Wentz on the dislikable recent Philly athletes rankings for you? Because I think he's... Uh, for me... Uh, I think he's yeah. lapped Carson Wentz for me, and I'll make the, the case for it if you're not sold. Well, I, I, I think they're both pretty... They're both pretty unlikable at this point. Oh, they are, but I think Ben uh, Simmons has even surpassed Carson Wentz for two reasons. One, well, they're, bo- they're both essentially asking out just because of how much of this is dragging on here now that he's going to hold out of camp. But two, and this is pretty simple for me, I don't like anything that happened post-2017 with Carson Wentz, but at least he did contribute to a Super Bowl season. Ben Simmons has literally done less for the Sixers' success than, e- than Carson Wentz has done for the Eagles' success. No, the, the Wentz part of it is worth, worse for me. Wentz, in my opinion, is worse because Ben Simmons... While a lot of people did support him, he did deal with a certain level of criticism, and the criticism was warranted. But Carson Wentz, for years, was like completely beyond reproach. Like, you oh, could, I know they both you were, could, but at least no. He did. With Wentz, it was like you couldn't criticize Carson Wentz at all. Yep, and he through midway deals, through last season, I would argue he finally deals with a little bit of criticism, and you know gets benched, rightfully so, should have been benched earlier, and he wants out. Nah, to me, Wentz is worse. But would you argue that I don't? You think Carson Wentz has done more for Philly than Ben Simmons has? Yeah, because I but, would say so. Yeah, but I still don't think that that 
that changes the way he handled the situation. I mean, it doesn't, for, but it changes how I view the two of them. For me, it does. Yeah, I, I, not really, not really for me. I mean, right. Carson Wentz was supposed to be the franchise player. Oh, I agree. It's wildly disappointing. I think it's one and two. He, he, but I would rank yeah. Ben Simmons one on the list. Yeah, I, I would. I would disagree there. But I, I, I get, get get your thinking. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Let's go to Paul in Prospect Park. What's up, Paul? Hey guys. So. So I'm driving down to Chop also, and I'm I'm also oh, wow. Union Carpenter, so I understand that. Wow, Unfortunately, that's I'm down here. Interesting coincidence there. Yeah, probably saw him crossing the bridge. But I was listening to Cindy call and say, you know, booing's like saying obscene words and things like that. And I thought to myself, in Philadelphia, it's a privilege to get booed. It's a privilege. You, you, it means you're somebody that we expect more out of. Yeah. And and. And booing's part of the game. We we pay to be there. It's like going to a restaurant and saying, I want the burger, and they say, I can't have that today. We understand things aren't on the menu, like throwing stuff. But we, as fans, we care about you. So if, if you can't take booing, go somewhere where fans don't show up. There's tons of teams who don't have the fan base we have, and if that's what you need, head down there. We're okay with that. We don't need you either. So Ben Simmons, he doesn't want to be here. He can't take the fans. Send him to Memphis. Yeah, and and Paul, and I, you know, with Simmons, I kind of expect that. Like, I kind of expect that he doesn't want to be in this kind of place. But uh, what what really bothered me was Embiid calling out the fans because Embiid's one of those guys who I thought did get it. You know what I mean? Like, I thought Embiid did understand what this city was about. Right, and uh, passion. Sports all passion, and it, and it, not all passion. It's skill, or we'd all be in the NBA. Also, you make millions of dollars to do this. You can't take criticism. If I show up to work and I don't perform, sometimes just one day, they say, all right, Paul, sorry, you're not doing the job. See you later. They don't send me on the road with my million-dollar contract. You know, these guys are blessed to be in the position they're in and to complain about the people who pay their salaries buying jerseys, showing up to games. It's just a little ridiculous in my opinion. Yeah, no, I I agree with you, Paul, and I appreciate the call. Thanks, and and it's not even, it's not even like the fans were doing anything anything crazy here. I mean, we're talking about what booing at the end of a series that you blew, booing at the end of Game Five that you had a twenty six point lead, and you 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 know blew that game. Like we're we're not. We're not talking about any incident, at least no incident that I'm aware of, where, you know, there was being anything, you know, bad yelled or things thrown or anything like that. We're talking about some some booing. And uh, I I don't really understand um, the line of thinking from Joel Embiid as far as, you know, fans need to be better. And same thing Danny Green said. And, and it's to me a lame excuse. And it's the same thing going on with the Mets right now. You know, fans are entitled to boo when they go to games and when teams underperform, and especially in the playoffs when you're a team that perennially disappoints and does not as advance as far as you're expected to advance, especially coming off of years and years and years of this organization of this organization tanking and the fan base not only tolerating it but embracing it. I, I, you got to understand why the fans would be frustrated in that moment because the fans, honestly, they care about whether the Sixers win a championship more than the players do. You know, they care about the Sixers organization more than the players do. I'm sure the players 
want to win for themselves and they want a title on their resume, but we care about the team. And, you know, if the team underperforms, you're going to hear about it. 215-592-9494. Mike in West Philly will get you when we get back. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you for one more segment here. If you want to get in, time to get in a few more calls. 215-592-9494. I forgot. I was supposed to have Mike call in tonight to do a recap of the WIP fantasy draft that took place on um, Wednesday night. I am not a huge fan of my team. I know nobody cares about anybody else's fantasy team. So, um, you know, I I won't go through my whole roster here, but um, I I don't know. I'm I'm not loving my team. I heard the camera had a brutal draft. But that's what we always say, and then his team ends up not being that bad. So, like, I don't know if we can really – can't count him out just yet. Yeah, I don't know if we can if we can say that about the camera. I'll, t- I'll try to look up some of his team real. League quick. also expanded to fourteen teams this year. I heard. Yes, it well it was fourteen last year as well. So oh, uh, so it's just everyone returned. Yeah, uh, pretty much. So I got Saquon Barkley, Antonio Gibson. I got Dak. I got Amari Cooper. So I basically have the NFC East. There you go. Essentially. So But you're not happy with it. You just I just don't think it's a very good team. Were you sheltering wild picking or is that like what was No, the... this was later on. Okay. I, I the sheltering had to happen around like five forty five was Oh, and the, the draft was at eight. That yeah. was when the tornado was coming to our, our area. So gotcha. I didn't have to deal with that. So um maybe we'll have Mike check in tomorrow night. I also didn't have a social media gripe tonight, but Dan, you were saying you have a gripe with my social Yeah, so I gripes? developed it. I was hanging around last night with Mike, and I realized that I have a gripe with the social media gripe. So I want to start by saying I think overall it's a pretty good segment, I'll call it. I think Thanks. the idea of it is funny. I think there's a lot of things on social media that are annoying that people do. But I caught something last So last night your social media gripe was people making the Bishop Sycamore joke, like, mm-hmm. you know. So here's my issue. I think good social media gripes are like when people say I've examples of old ones. I remember you doing like when people say checks notes or imagine doing this. Those are things that live on social media over a long period of time. I think those are good gripes. The case of last night, and I've heard you do a few recently where it's like people making this joke that developed yesterday. That's just an Internet trend that you developed a gripe with that. day. I don't think that's a internet gripe as much as you just disliking whatever the latest internet trend is and whatever that internet trend is going to be that's what you're going to take issue with well you got to keep it fresh i mean you can't just do this but then whatever next week's trend is is what you're going to dislike that's the thing there's never is there ever an internet trend where you're like oh i thought that was good not i mean yeah sure there are okay when everybody's doing the same making the same joke and i think the, the real heart of the problem is dan that you're you, you well, I am part of the problem. You like to participate in a lot of this stuff. I, I do. So <laughs> but, maybe you answered your own question. Well, there. maybe I am who you're speaking. But I think the but I think they're two different categories. Would you agree with that? That sure. like the imagine and the checks notes things versus whatever the trend is. Yeah, Sometimes, but I, I need to, you know, I, I, every gripe is different. If everyone was the same, it wouldn't be entertaining. But so then whatever next week's trend is, is just going to be the gripe. Why don't we just call the gripe internet, like, the gripe should just be internet trends, not 
whatever that specific trend that that is that day. You're revealing the formula, Dan. This is not. This but I is think not it's a very productive. basic formula. Is my point. It is. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying I put a ton of work into this. No, I, I know, but I think certain gripes are better than others. I'm sure, of course, and that's why you know Mike usually grades my gripes. But so I, th- I okay, then fine. La- I thought last night was a weak gripe. That's fine. All right. That's, that's you're entitled to that. And there you that's, go. That's fine. And I'm, for the record, I did not make a Bishop Sycamore joke. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. So I, I appreciate. Uh, I appreciate the feedback, and I'll take it under consideration. Uh, 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. But talking about the Sixers most of the night here and the Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, you know, fan debate here. And whether we are bad fans or whether we got to do better, and that's basically what Joel Embiid said is, you know, the fans got to do better to encourage Ben. No, you got to play better. And, uh, you know, Ben Simmons, I – First, I mean, I don't think Ben Simmons is crazy about the fans here. I don't think Ben Simmons is crazy about this city. And I think, in a way, he's always kind of been looking for a way out of Philadelphia. Um, but his issue is more with what Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid said after Game 7. And it's funny to me how Joel Embiid had no problem throwing uh, Ben under the bus after Game 7. But now, a few months later, when it looks like that has become a massive issue. Now, he wants to make it into a fan thing and that the fans are a big part of the reason. It's weak. It's weak. It's soft. And it's not the behavior you'd expect of a leader. Uh, Let's go to Mike in West Philly. What's up, Mike? All right. Can I comment on Carson Wentz and Benny? Yeah, sure. Uh, I think think there are situations that are both kind of uh, similar. And I think the teams, both teams, uh, failed on handling both of them. I think for both of them, they, they should have got rid of them earlier, maybe two years ago. And, and what Ben's problem is, is he's soft. He has no heart. And what, like, I could see it from day one. What are the Sixers looking at? Like, these guys are professional GMs and, and all that, and they don't see this. Like, they can't see that he doesn't want to shoot. How – can you have a player who doesn't want to shoot and you're trying to win a championship? So they waited too long to get rid of them, so now we can't get nothing for them. I was hoping we could maybe get Middleton for him, but I doubt we could get that for him. Oh, no, but, it might. there's no way you're getting Chris Middleton for Ben Simmons. Right, I know. So I think if if they're smart, we could still walk away. We could still win a championship with Joel and a couple of good pieces. They don't have to be superstars. They could be similar to Chris Middleton. Well, Chris I, Middleton – wasn't considered a superstar before the finals this year. Now, Mike, at this point, and a few months ago, I had my goals set higher. I was thinking Dame Lillard, Bradley Beal. That's nah. not going to happen. But at this nah. point, like, would you do Ben Simmons for C.J. McCollum if that's the, the best name nah. you can get? Nah, I, I hate that name. I wouldn't do it for him. But uh, maybe someone similar to him, but just someone who has heart and really wants to win a championship and who can shoot. Basically, I think that's all we really need is someone who can shoot and maybe replace the guys. I wasn't a big fan of Maxie anyway, so I think we could get rid of him and find some find some players who want to score. And I think with Joel, we have enough to win the championship if he's healthy. Yeah. So ben, didn't give you, ben didn't really give us anything. You could say the defense and all that, but I think I really think his uh, numbers were hollow on the court. And I, I didn't think he was a good fit. And I, and I, I don't understand what, what, what took so long. Well, they, they still don't really realize that he's not a good fit. He's not a good player. Like he, he could jump, he could run, but he's not a good player. Like, 
Everybody's seen this before. What's so hard about it? Yeah, no, I hear you, Mike. I appreciate the call, man. Thanks. I mean, I think there are things Ben Simmons does well, but I, and this is the reality in the NBA is regular season basketball and postseason basketball are basically two different sports. Like, let's face it. Players don't, teams don't play the same kind of defense in the regular season they do in the playoffs. Teams don't play with the same kind of intensity in the regular season that they do in the playoffs. And, you know, there's a reason why Ben Simmons is an effective regular season player. And he is. He's an effective regular season player. But when you get to the postseason and teams are seeing you night in, night out and game plan, he becomes very easy to take out of a game. And you saw Atlanta do it. And even to a lesser extent, you saw Washington do it in round one. And once teams started fouling him and started saying, hey, okay, we're just not going to guard him. And really, Atlanta didn't guard him at all. I mean, you can see that he's very easy to take out of a game, and until he fixes the flaws in his game, that's that's not going to change. Uh, let's go to Brandon in Oxford. What's up, Brandon? Hey, how you guys doing this morning? Not bad. What's happening? Um, I just got to say, Joel Embiid, I don't know how he's going to tell us to be better like as fans when we sat there and cheered for Ben Simmons every third time he went one for two from the free throw line. It's crazy, Brandon. Like I And I don't know what Joel Embiid was seeing when all this was going down, but it's crazy to me that he would call out the fans after they've been this supportive of this team. I mean, he even criticized Ben himself. Right. And he knows he did. I think he's just trying to save himself here, in a way. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly what's happening. I think he knows that Ben was very upset by the comments that he made, and now he's trying to deflect it and trying to pull, you know, the same card Danny Green pulled and, and make it into a fan thing, and, and I think that's really disingenuous. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure Sixers fans are, like, top three in attendance every year. Yeah, I mean, they, they sell out. They've sold out, I, I think, you know, the last three seasons at least, maybe longer, and and I'm sure they will this year, even though they probably don't deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think Embiid, I don't know if it's uh he's worried about stars not coming here or I I just don't know after that game 5 performance how he can tell us fans to be better after that game 5 performance. No, it's Yeah, Brandon, no man. It's it's crazy and I appreciate the call. And yeah, I mean, what what do you want? Your team and that game 5 loss. It's the worst Sixers loss I've seen in my lifetime. Like And you have those kind of moments where even in a big playoff game, you're disappointed, but you get to the point where you're just, like, not even not even mad or, or not even upset. You're just, like, in shock. And that's the feeling I had that night. Like, the Sixers are, are, are giving away that game. And I keep telling myself, there's no way they're going to lose this. Like, they, they can't lose this game. They were, they were up at one point. I think the score was 72 to 46. And there's just scores like that where you're like, teams just don't overcome this kind of deficit. It just never happens. And I'm just like, they're not going to lose. And then when they did, it was like, you're frustrated, but you're just like in, in total shock. And it's like, I don't know how you can expect fans to be supportive in a moment like that. I just, I don't know how you can view it 
uh, that way. Let's go to Chuck and Cherry Hill. What's up, Chuck? Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? Not bad. What's happening? Uh, just wanted to chime in a little bit with the Sixers. Uh, I just kind of think it all started with the inconsistencies of Brett Brown and even, like, the whole general manager thing, like, knowing that, like, Ben Simmons came back year after year and didn't work on his game. Like, no one, like, no one, you know, like, no one put a, 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 a firm foot in the ground and, like, yo, we need you to come back and shoot this year. And now it's, like, to the point of no return because, in my opinion, I just think, honestly, they waited too long. Now he's forcing his way out of town. So I just don't, like, I just don't see how it's possible for the Sixers to even contend for a championship, let alone get out the Eastern Conference with the moves that the Brooklyn Nets, the uh, Milwaukee Bucks have made. It's like we we like we kind of set back as a franchise. You yeah. know what I mean? Like this whole trust the process movement has now regressed. Like I don't, because the two cornerstones that we was banking on, one of them don't want to be here no more. And I mean, and I'm not trying to talk down about Joel, but you know he's not a which nobody is, but he's not – he can't stay healthy, you know what I mean, for, like, I guess the pit is in position. So it, it's just seems like everything's just falling from the sky in front of our eyes, and there's really nothing we can do about it. Yeah, no, Chuck, and, and that that's the most frustrating part about this past season, too, is, like, this was the Sixers' chance. This was when it was kind of wide open. Brooklyn wasn't in full strength. You know, Milwaukee, who knows what would have happened. I mean, the Sixers may have had a shot in that series. But now, yeah, I mean, the Sixers have not gotten any better. They've probably gotten worse. Um, you look at I mean, you look at Brooklyn, they're going to be back in full strength. The Bucks have won a championship now, so they're more confident. And, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see the road being I, as clear. I mean, yeah, just think about it. Like, moving forward, what are our options? Like, and I just think it's kind of ludicrous that now they're trying to blame the fans. Like, like we had legends play in this city. Not saying that those two not legends, but come on now. Like, we blew Iverson. Yeah. And he was the best thing we had in a long time in this city. You know yeah. what I mean? I just, I don't know. I just can't get to the heads of these new players, man. It's, I don't know. I, I, but, yeah, I just wanted to say, I, I just... It just seemed like all this, the whole trust the process, the tanker thing with Sam Hankey, then Colangelo getting fired. Everything is, like, blowing up in our face. And I'm just going back, you know, I'm going back years because now just seeing how everything is playing out, it's almost like we did all that for nothing. Yeah. No, I get you, Chuck, and I appreciate the call. And, yeah, I mean, it, it, it does feel that way right now. It does feel like – the process is going to end up yielding in in extremely ironic fashion a second just second round exits and this is exactly what the sixers were trying to advance past is that the process would yield deeper playoff runs and that hasn't happened but hey according to the players we should sit back and enjoy it and not not criticize the team and and just uh you know continue to support them even as they as they fail on the floor. But uh, that'll do it for the show tonight. Thank you to Dan Wilson for producing. I'll be back on tomorrow. Uh, Next up, we'll talk to Al for the Overlap Show. 
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 